This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free, so do enjoy those on us. It is the live Saturday edition of the show, though I'm almost losing track of what day it is at this point. Yeah, that's happening for me, too. I'm I'm in sort of convention mode here, and uh, people just, you know, they have a good time together. uh, Everyone's here in Nashua at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum at the Crown Plaza Hotel, and everyone's just having such a good time. I don't want it to end, but it's going to eventually. Yeah, it's going to end tomorrow afternoon. But it's going to end with a bang tomorrow because uh, Ron Paul, presidential candidate Ron Paul, is going to be wrapping things up here uh, with the, uh, I guess, the closing ceremonies. Is that about 2, 2.30? No, I believe it's uh, 12. I believe it's 12. Okay. But I don't have... I don't have the schedule in front of me, but uh, today was was quite a day. Of course, we've been here since Thursday night, broadcasting live every single night, uh, bringing you a variety of uh, of interesting guests, a number of libertarian luminaries, a number of uh, just our listeners just coming by, sitting in, uh, and chatting on the mic with us. And uh, so if you're in the hotel or you're in the New England area, it's still not too late. You can come by, see us. You can come by and meet all these interesting people that are here. In fact, if you just want to come out for tomorrow, I believe there's a very affordable one-day rate uh, that you can pay to come out and you know, meet Ron Paul. We'll get here at 9 so you can see, uh, every, you know, you're probably going to pay the same thing for the whole yes. day. So uh, there's activities at, bright and early. I, I can't believe how informative most uh, many of these uh, things are. Every, everyone I've gone into, I've enjoyed. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to be getting up early tomorrow, Mark, or, or you're going to try, right? What? Because uh, Jim, Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org is going to be uh, doing a, an early morning breakfast. I've already given my apologies to him, you know. I can, I can beg out if I want to. <laughs> No, I should, get, I should get up for that. So this is good stuff. Uh, go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You'll learn more about what we're out here doing this weekend, of course, as we go on uh, throughout the show. There's a lot happening tonight. Uh, one of the main things going on right now is people are getting, uh, they're having their dinner, a little sit-down, very nice little hotel sort of uh, catered dinner. But there's some controversy here at the Liberty Forum this weekend. Really? Uh, the controversy is in regards to a, a certain politician who has been a, invited to come here and not just speak, but be the keynote speaker. One of the keynote speakers. Uh, yeah, well, the, right. One of the three keynote, uh, keynote speakers. And this being the Free State Project, a movement of uh, 20,000 liberty-loving people, all moving to the same state in order to get active uh, for more freedom, you could understand where the controversy is coming from. I mean, they're bringing in a politician. Now, he claims, they claim he's the most libertarian senator. But that's like saying that he's, you know... The least cancerous uh, infection. I mean, that he, just give, calling him the most libertarian senator isn't really saying much of anything. And this is the same guy, this John Sununu character. This is the same guy who voted in favor of the Patriot Act. He voted in favor of the Iraq War. He is... He's certainly plenty big government on a whole bunch of issues, and I think it's a it's a disappointing choice. I haven't had to, I haven't critiqued anything about this forum yet this week, and I think overall it's it's been awesome. Ninety nine percent of the people here are amazing, incredible people, and we're going to be talking to Barry Cooper here in a moment. Uh, speaking of amazing people, so I'm really impressed with this forum. I highly recommend it, but I think it was a mistake uh, for them to choose a politician as their keynote speaker. Well, I I think in fact know, there's a protest going on as we. Speak. Uh, John Sununu is the most libertarian of, uh, of senators, or up there in the RLC's top ten. Uh, I don't know exactly what his number is. I don't have it sitting in front of me. I didn't know we were going to discuss it. 
but and he has some big losses on some of the things he's voted for. I would agree with you, but you're sort of weighting his issues um, in the sense that you know it's the Patriot I'm Act. saying it's this a big is a, one. This is a liberty-oriented event, mm-hmm. and you should have liberty-oriented people anchoring the event. Keynotes. And that's um, what I'm saying. You know, if if the liberty people are to be relevant, then we need to get you know be involved in the political process. One of the ways that's fine. To create... you can be involved, but that doesn't mean you should pander to politicians and uh, make it look like the, that uh, associating with them some way makes you more relevant. I don't agree with that. Well, um, you know, I, I I can see the the desire to have him here, and also he's a guy that agrees with us on many many issues. So why not create more uh, you know friendships? Fine, bonds bring him in him. for a morning. Sh- uh, br- bring him in for a morning session. Well, that, that's your that's your. Right. Uh, but except you know, he probably wouldn't appear then because right. he's a big big shot politician. Right. And he oh, well, I'm appear. not coming to your event unless you give me the keynote speech. Right. I, I don't suspect. know if that's what okay. he said. I don't know if that's what he said. But you know, he's a politician. Well, so, I suspect you're right. I suspect yeah. that he w- likely wouldn't want to be uh, in competition with other people speaking because there's three form there's three events going on at yeah. all times except for the keynote. Well, anyway, I wanted to bring that up as uh, as an element of controversy. So even amongst the liberty movement, there's still some disagreement. There's still some controversy. And in fact, the protesters are here. here. The protesters are here. We're going to bring one of them in here after a little while and and see what they have to say. Get their viewpoint here as well. And we're going to go to the phones right quick before we bring in Barry because Adam's on the line in Manchester. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. With Ian and Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? Calling right outside Murphy's tap room right now. Oh great! Uh, a bunch of us are about to go in and watch the debates. Oh right, right. Uh, there's a debate tonight. That's good. So what's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to give a short story of my uh, my day today. About two days ago, I decided to join uh, the Ron Paul meetup group in my uh, my local area, New York mm-hmm. City. Uh, later that day, I got a call and decided that you know maybe I could head up to New Hampshire for the weekend and. Sure enough, I went over, met these people, and uh, we sort of self-organized, and there's about 50 or so of us coming up right out of the city. And I spent the whole day today walking around, uh, handing out lawn flyers, giving out door flyers, uh, and talking about Ron Paul with people door-to-door. Cool, so completely spontaneous. uh, It was was pretty great. It just happened. It just completely spontaneous. You're just hanging out with other uh, like-minded people here at the Liberty Forum, and you went out and did that. Well, I was never actually at the Liberty Forum. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It seemed it seems like people are sort of flowing back and forth between the hotel and Man- and uh, the Manchester, uh, the bar where people are hanging out. There's just so much activity here. It's uh, it's just right. been absolutely incredible. Very good. Anything else you wanted I to share with us yep. tonight? Nope. Just that uh, there's people from all over the place. It's my first time really doing something like this. I mean, I financially supported the Ron Paul campaign through the money bombs, but I've never right. actually gotten on my feet and traveled up here to do it, but I'm doing it, and it's, it's exciting. Cool. Well, Very thank cool you, man. I'm glad you're having a good time, and uh, welcome to New Hampshire. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Uh, we're going to bring him in, who I thought a man who would have made a, a much better keynote speaker tonight. Uh, Barry Cooper is uh, sitting here in the studio with us, our uh, wonderful palatial studios here at the uh, the Crown Plaza Hotel uh, in Nashua. Barry from NeverGetBusted.com. How are you tonight, sir? Uh, hey, I'm wonderful. I'm excited to be in New Hampshire. It was a uh... It was quite a surprise to Candy and I. What What about this this group of people here? I mean, I, I saw your your speech today, and it was well, it was wonderful. Uh, but what about these people that you met here? I told you last night you're going to meet in the next 24 hours some of the most uh, passionate, principled, interesting people. And was I wrong? No, you weren't wrong. In fact, I borrowed one of your statements last night over a beer when you explained. You know, well. We're uh, we're not reformationist. We're what was the word? You well, you'd 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 use the word reformation, and I sort of felt a little more comfortable with elimination. Eliminate, yeah, because eliminate I want to eliminate the government, the government not reform them from mm-hmm. as much of my life as possible. 
I don't want any of them I'll around me. I'll take Reformationist, me. thanks. Well, yeah. he's, he's a lightweight. <laughs> well, Candy and I have traveled over the last year to every drug conference you could imagine and every uh, politically uh, uh, progressive conference you could imagine. And we were shocked in New Hampshire at the people here that are not just, and I'm not saying everybody's just saying and not doing anything. I will tell you what's happening here at the political forums. These are principled people. These are people who understand their arguments very well. These are people that are excited about what they're doing, and they're not just saying it. They're taking action. So Candy Mm -hmm. and I, all the way from conservative Texas, the deep woods of East Texas, were extremely excited and felt like we were at home. Finally, we met a group of people that... uh, that we're really on the forefront of what it's going to take to change this country. These are really some of the best activists of uh, from around the country because a lot of the people here have moved already as part of the Free State Project. Mark and myself, uh, we're early movers. We've come here early, and a lot of other people are coming here in 2008. And so basically what you've got going on, it's almost like an activist brain drain, uh, like the best activists from around the country and, and, and in some cases around the world, they're all coming here to New Hampshire uh, to get active. So it's no surprise that uh, that you you had had that experience. Yeah, and what's, un- what's unfortunate is the term activist, when I was a police officer, we had never heard of any of these people, and the word activist meant crazy mm-hmm. yeah. to us. And and so uh, when we became activists, we met a lot of crazy people. What's exciting and great about here is these are activists that are not crazy. They've got their arguments in order, logic and reason guides exactly what they're speaking about. Absolutely. And, yeah, so. Let's come back and talk more about your speech today and, of course, what you're doing at NeverGetBusted.com. More on the way with Barry Cooper and your calls as well. If you got a question for him, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. We're live from the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there. We give away, so enjoy those on us. And some of those features include... Uh, let's see, what do we have there? We've got the archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, uh, you can go and download them for free right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, calls on the line, but I want to get uh, get into it with our guest a little bit more here before we take uh, one of the calls for him. Uh, he's Barry Cooper, and he is the man behind NeverGetBusted.com. Barry, we've had you on the show uh, a couple times by by telephone. We had you back when uh, Never Get Busted came out. That's a compliment, by the way. <laughs> great, great. I, I took it as that. <laughs> and we had you, I think you had actually called in to tell us about your daughters uh, at their school protest that they uh, they got involved in because the school, uh, you actually recounted the story earlier today at the Liberty Forum, the school was a little bit upset. Their administrators were upset that your daughters had apparently highlighted their hair. Well, that was straight A offensive. students, popular wherever they go when they were protesting in the school of, I don't know, there might have been 300 kids, all the kids were cheering them on. But they don't go to school there any longer because they were actually going to put my two daughters in jail because they refused to leave. They wanted the education at the government school or public school, however you refer to that. 
And, uh, yeah, so they're at home now learning a lot more. Yeah, I, homeschooling students, it seems like they, uh, they they graduated 15 and move on to college. It, it's, <laughs> it just goes to show how inefficient the government education is. Well, we're, we're, we rate 42nd in the world in literacy. Mm. My parents are still uh, public school teachers and have been for 20 years, and they're so disappointed that every day they have to go to school and teach a test. Mm. And if the kids pass the test... The federal government gives them more money. So yep. we're teaching our kids how to pass a test. We're really not educating them. You know, this is what happens when you put the government in, in charge of well, something. And, and we were number one post-World War before II. Before the feds got before involved. Before the federal government got as Well, we still involved. are number one. We still are number one. We have bright minds in the U.S. We have parents teaching kids like we are, our kids. The problem is they're being infected with the craziness in the public schools, sure which is you know, term the dumbing down of America. You can see it generation after generation. You really yeah. can. I mean, the kids in the schools, we get some kids calling into this show because we've got a fairly young listenership, and we're always blown away by some of the stories they tell. I mean, it's changed so much. It's been 10 years since I've been in high school. It's changed a whole bunch in just 10 years, and it just keeps getting worse. Anyway, that's a whole other subject. Of course, uh, NeverGetBusted.com. Barry, you, uh, you, you brought out a great DVD called Never Get Busted. Why don't you go ahead and give our listeners a brief brief summary so we can continue on, but a brief summary of what that's all about and why should, they should uh, take a look at it. The first film I released a year ago, and you can uh, uh, buy the film at NeverGetBusted.com or go into Barnes & Nobles or Virgin Records. It's made it into mainstream America. It's me taking my eight years of narcotics enforcement experience and teaching American citizens how not to go to jail for pot when they're driving down the highway. I teach how to profile uh, or how not to be profiled. I teach how to fool drug dogs. And uh, there are traffic stops on there that I've made, actual archive footage, where I freeze frame and I explain the mistakes the motorist made that landed them in jail. We didn't. I guess I didn't do an appropriate enough introduction of you, presuming our listeners knew who you were. Uh, you were a former law enforcement officer for a number of years working uh, the drug task force down there in Texas. The number one guy in uh, East Texas as far as uh, drug arrests. Yeah. So you've had an amazing, you've just had such an amazing paradigm shift in your life, Barry. And in your personal story, I thought was so interesting and so, so inspirational and something that people can really look towards because you used to live a completely different life, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. I believed anybody that had drugs in their possession was an evil person that deserved to be punished uh, more harshly than a murderer. Literally, that's what my government teachers taught me, and they took my gifts and my charisma and my talent, and they, uh, they channeled that into harming American families. Absolutely. Uh, and, and then you... Uh, you figured it out at some point, and it had something to do with your wife at the time. Or she wasn't your wife at the time, right, Candy? You you were together with her when you quit the the policing, and then how did how did you end up changing from you know this sort of redneck police mentality? You, that was a word you used earlier uh, to where you are today. What was that process like for you? Ian, I promised I would talk about this tonight, and I am for the first time in the media and over the last year. I've done over 200 radio and TV interviews, including Geraldo at large. And the big question is, does Barry smoke marijuana? You get it every time they have you on. They ask you every single time. Every single time. And my answer is always something cute like, well, yeah, but I don't inhale. (laughs) Well, that was for then, and I needed to answer that like I did at that time. 
But now's the time to tell exactly what happened. And the truth is, um, I, you know, I, I would probably consider myself an alcoholic. And although I've worked on myself my entire life, totally trying to improve, I never could get rid of the edge or the anger or the, uh, I wasn't mad about anything, but maybe the frustration, the bitchiness, if you would say, that that really harmed my quality of life. And uh, I was coming home to glasses of vodka, mm. and my new wife, whom I love, more than breath itself, <laughs> uh, she would come outside and say, here, 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 just try this. I'm, what is that? You know, and I'd take a couple puffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, three or four months of her understanding what I needed, but me being too judgmental to accept, because I loved her and cared for her so much, and I knew, you know, I get kind of teary-eyed thinking about it, because it really did save my life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you let me tell you something. If they're wondering why marijuana should be legal, look at me. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I have compassion now. I have love. I have kindness. It stopped things long enough for me to realize the harms I was causing. To the point, I would say, when a person is on probation or parole for a violent crime... Instead of placing them back in prison because they peed dirty for marijuana, we should prescribe them marijuana. Out of all the arrests I've made, and I've made hundreds and thousands of arrests, I never had one pot smoker fight me. Mm. It was always the drunk. And I'm not mad at alcohol. I'm an anti-prohibitionist. But comparing the two which we're going to do in our third film 50 50 we're going to get 50 people drunk and 50 people high and compare the behavioral differences That's it's be just insane to me <laughs> that the vodka and the beer would poison my mind to the point that I wasn't a nice person to be around and I know cop you know alcoholism is is uh the alcoholism rate in law enforcement it's is higher than any other profession oh i believe it yeah, well, they need to smoke pot. <laughs> yeah, more on the way. We're going to come back with more with Barry Cooper. Uh, he's the man behind NeverGetBusted.com. If you've got a question for him, 800-259-9231. Basically, Barry, you've just, you've just come out of the closet, uh, at least when it comes to marijuana. And I want to talk more about that and how I think it's so important that this happens more often, that maybe you and I can be some of the first to come out. We'll talk more and hear from you as well. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Lots of features there, and they're all for free. So you can go and uh, get interactive, have a good time on our Free Talk Live bulletin board system. With over 300,000 posts, there's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Now, Barry Cooper's with us. Uh, he's a man behind NeverGetBusted.com. He's got a new video coming out. Is it next week, Barry? Never Get Rated? 
Oh, I should turn on your mic. Shame on me. Try that again. Yeah, you're right, Ian. It's Never Get Rated. Our screening's in Dallas, January 12th. The public's invited. It'll be the first time the world sees the film. And we're going everywhere on the board with this film. I'm teaching how to sell marijuana safely. Well, you know, they don't break into liquor store owners' houses at 3 in the morning and drag them to jail, so they shouldn't pot dealers either. So and really then we go all the way to the other board, and we have a message for parents from me. So I'm yeah, really looking forward to seeing it. I'm sure you're going to send us a uh, preview copy as well for free talk. You'll about. have all the copies you want. We'll give Ian. you an ex- uh, give you another excuse to come back on with us. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing that, and I think that's interesting because you're really stepping it up. I mean, when you first came out with Never Get Busted, which basically gave marijuana users tips on how to keep themselves safe from arrest, your uh, most of the the interviews that you did, the critique came at you hard and heavy, like. You're a bad cop. Now you're you're ab- abandoning our principles and you're teaching these people how to break the law. And uh, you know you were you handled those questions pretty well back then. But now they're gonna they're gonna come after you full force, which of course is great. It's gonna be great publicity for you. Uh, and but I mean you are expecting to get hit hard from the from the media over this, right? Uh, oh, of course. But but what's even more interesting is. The the first film I put out, uh, the uh, Never Get Busted Traffic Stops, I could not get one attorney to tell me what I was doing, whether it was legal or not. Hmm. They were talking about indicting me for that film. Talk is cheap. I know, I know. And we learned First Amendment protects me now. And now that I know I won't be separated from my family, even though I believed I would do some some jail time for my first film, and I'm not... But now that I know I'm not, there's no holds bar and no punches pulled on this next film, Never Get Rated. I'm really looking forward to it. To it. And this is something that goes back to something I, I wanted to, to, yeah. to add. You'd said that it was for marijuana users to, to hide their stashes in their cars. That's and Never Get Busted. Yeah. Never Get Busted. That's not exactly right, because I watched the film, and I... Well, it was more than that. Right. I don't, I don't smoke marijuana. Or Profiling I, 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 information. I don't have it on me, certainly driving around or anything like that. And my wife and I watched it, and it, it's just nice not to get pulled over for something like that. So sure, you sure. look at how they're profiling. Filing, and you, you know, even people that don't use marijuana, who who wants the trouble? Who well, wants it, some it, cop pulling well, over it teaches the minutes? psychology of what's going on in a cop's mind when he pulls you over. So there's other value to it, and I think that's why it was a hit. They expected an ex cop pot smoker screaming at cops yeah. and that's not what it is it has no. a huge message intertwined and threaded throughout the 90 minutes it's of instruction it's intelligent it's informative it's a great video uh but but what i wanted to say was i think that you know this never get rated is really taking it to the next level in that it's very it's a very courageous move. I mean, you just keep you just keep upping the ante, Barry, and they they aren't going to know how to handle this. I mean, they could barely even fathom what you were doing would never get busted. They're not going to know what to throw at you with uh, with never get rated. So I'm really looking forward to maybe maybe having you on a couple weeks after it's come out and and having you comment on some of the reactions that you've been getting because I imagine those are going to be uh, pretty interesting. But that that ties back into what I wanted to talk about before, what which is you know people in this movement. The relegalization movement, but the larger liberty movement as well, uh, need to really get get courageous. They need to really stand up for what they believe in, and that's why I think what you're doing is so valuable because you really are making a stand and you are taking risks. I mean, you're saying you might not, get, you're probably not going to get arrested, and you probably won't. It is free speech and all that, but well, still. well, I will get arrested, but it won't be for my work. Oh, okay, that sounds tantalizing. <laughs> um, 
and uh, but it'll be it'll be for taxes, and mm, I pay gotcha. my taxes. But you know, when you do something in something. America, yeah. and that they don't agree with, they always go back to taxes, and you right. do six months in federal prison. But go ahead. But you'd come out of the closet tonight as a marijuana smoker tonight on the air. You did it earlier on your uh, speech at the uh, the Liberty Forum, and and I just think that. You you were talking earlier about how the people in this movement, the relegalization movement specifically, they need to try something new. Like they've been doing the same old thing for 30 years, getting money together, lobbying the politicians, begging for them to try to change the laws and the hopes, and then crossing their fingers and, and hoping that something's going to happen. And as you said, it's been 30 plus years and nothing really significant. Yeah, there's a few decrim here and there, and there's a, you know some medical marijuana here and there, but, but overall there hasn't really been any significant changes, especially with the feds kicking in Californians' doors and still taking their marijuana. In fact, taking the marijuana and the money, but not arresting anybody, so they... <laughs> So that way the guy goes out, opens another shop, so they can go in again and take his marijuana. See, I mean, really, they're acting like a band of thugs, uh, essentially. So I think that what we need to see is, uh, and, and you had a vision today that you, that you had talked about, about suing the police, and I thought that was an interesting approach. But I think it's also important to popularize this and to show people, to show the average American that may not be associated with marijuana movement in any way, shape, or form, to show them that they are surrounded, literally surrounded, by people who they consider their friends or family members, that they consider responsible, productive individuals, business owners, members of society, and find out that, wow, he smokes marijuana, and he's not a crazed lunatic. You know, you were talking about how a lot of the people in the, the relegalization movement sort of have that long-haired, dreadlocked, hippie uh, look, and that's how it's sort of always been. What we really need is for the doctors and the businessmen and the uh, the people out there in that sort of upper echelon, the, the, these intelligent folk. I'm not saying the other people aren't intelligent, but these people that are perceived of as, you know, the... Uh, the, the respectable the, people. Right, the respectable. But those are the ones that have the most to lose, Ian. I've yeah, but I smoke pot with all of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think they have that much to lose if people start coming out. You know, I've done it on this show before. I've smoked marijuana before. I smoked some of it last night. But, but, but I, hey, even if we have something to lose, that's what courage is about. That's what sacrifice you. is about. That's what made us America. It was yes. us that came over on those boats back in the 1700s with long hair and 5-0, that's cops, were chasing us then, the British. They're still chasing us. But that's the American way, to have the courage to sacrifice something. You know what? Absolutely. I will move out of my $80,000 home into a $50,000 home. I'll give up my Nintendo games and my air conditioners if that's what it takes for freedom to abound. That's What's the attitude. Wrong? So, yeah, let's give something up. Let that doctor or that lawyer stand up and say, okay, I'm here in court. I've been smoking pot every day for the last year, and nobody knew it. Right. Let's say it, because I know the difference in being an alcoholic and somebody that smokes pot. Exactly. Alcohol poisons the brain to a point you do not act like you should act. I've arrested hundreds and hundreds of people, I wouldn't say thousands, and not one marijuana smoker ever fought me, but the drunk would scream and cry, then he would laugh, then he right. would talk about his mom, and then he would fight you. <laughs> right. And I love what you're saying about, you know, look, I understand if people, they, say, they feel like they've got a family, they don't want to put it all online, that's fine. You stay back and you just watch. But I, that, I think that doesn't, uh, that doesn't have anything to do with what should happen. And what should happen is more and more people, it doesn't have to be an avalanche, I think as more people who are visible, who are respectable, come out and admit 
to being marijuana consumers, whether it be a, a weekend warrior or somebody that smokes every night after work instead of having a few beers, if they come out and they uh, and they make themselves public, I think that's going to do a lot of good for this movement. That's all. That's well, all well, well, it will. And I'll give this challenge to any police officer, prosecutor, attorney, or DEA agent. We'll go to California or one of the other 13 states where it's legal. I'll smoke pot and get really high and debate you sober, and I'll still win. <laughs> no doubt about it. Barry Cooper is going to stick with us through the end of the hour. Uh, we'll take your calls. They've been lining up for you, Barry. 800-259-9231. This is your show. You can bring up anything. And Barry makes a profit off of selling his videos. I want to address that issue coming up here in moments. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, once again, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. And if you want to help support the show, then we ask that you uh, go to amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, just buy it through amazon.freetalklive.com. Great way to help the program. We're on here, uh, by the way, broadcasting live from the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Here with a uh, New Hampshire virgin, Barry Cooper, has never been, uh, has never set foot in New Hampshire before this weekend. And uh, first impressions, Barry, how do, how do you feel so far about, about being here this weekend? I think New Hampshire leads our country in true patriotism. Certainly now more so than it ever has been. I think it's, all, it's sort of always been that way, especially with these great activists coming in here from all around the country as part of the Free State Project. Of course, you were here speaking earlier today, which was just a, a wonderful, passionate presentation. thought you did a fantastic job. And by the way, we've been talking about reasons for people to come out here. They can come out here. Are you guys going to be here tomorrow? Of course. We wouldn't miss Ron Paul. So mm-hmm. then in that case... Extra reason to come out here is you can get Barry's DVD at a discount. As a yeah, well, not only that, come meet us. We'd like yeah, to talk to you, Candy and I. Heck, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're people. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, Barry, yeah. your website is NeverGetBusted.com. Is gonna is it going to stay NeverGetBusted.com when you release the new DVD and you're going to do it all from that site? Yeah, well, rated? we bought NeverGetRated.com, okay. but it links to NeverGetBusted.com. Yeah, okay, there's cool. only one website. Let's talk a, r- a little bit about the business aspect of this and how that sort of created a bit of controversy. And then we've got people waiting to talk to you, so we'll get to the phone calls and blow through, blow through some questions from our listeners here. But when you first came out with Never Get Busted, and you know it went up on your website for $19.99 or, wh- or whatever the price was, some of the people in the marijuana relegalization movement, they started getting uppity about it. And they said, well, this isn't right. How can he make profits off of this? Doesn't he care about this movement? How, how dare he make profits off of selling these videos? And from what you were saying today about some of the things that uh, that you're doing and some of the the projects that you have planned, you were you're talking about doing some very charitable things, maybe even giving money to uh, drug drug war victims, nonviolent offenders, if you will, these consensual criminals that are in jail cells around the country for smoking marijuana or selling a little marijuana. Those those people, you're going to be giving money to those people. You're you're taking your profits, you're reinvesting them into doing more outreach and doing more of these great videos. It seems to me that profits provide possibilities. The profits aren't a bad thing at all. There's nothing wrong with making a profit, and I'd love to have you chime in and and defend that aspect. Of, of what you're doing, because I think it's great what you're doing. Well, of course. Now, had I went straight from being a police officer to this, I might not have would have understood business. But I've bought and sold companies, and I understand what it takes 
to get a message out, and that's called money. When you buy my DVD on the Internet, I make a profit. That profit feeds my family, and that profit is used to build more films, like Never Get Rated mm-hmm. and Fifty Fifty to give uh, 50% of the money uh, to the prisoners. So the, the idea there is just to be uh, unwavered and smarter than my critics. I need the money. I want the profit so I can continue doing what I'm doing. You're putting an, a, a, a product out on the marketplace, and it's a good product. People buying it, you should get a cut of we've, that. Well, we've only had five returns, I've got a guarantee. Really? Yeah, only five returns, and they were all cops except one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but and, and you know, people, people criticize me a lot. They go, Barry, you can even make a lot more money if you would shut the pirates down on the Internet. Let me tell you, yeah. you can watch my film for free on the Internet, my film right now is the number one bootlegged DVD That's a good across thing. the U.S. It is a good thing. It you can buy it on the, Yeah, you can uh, buy it on the streets of New York for ten bucks, or even Tyler, Texas, for ten bucks. And people say, "Why don't you shut shut that down?" Well, here's why: the person that couldn't afford the bucks that it takes to order it off the internet, and they wanted the film. Three days later, they might wind up arrested and in jail, and because of greed. They're where they can be raped or stabbed. So, you know what? I'm not going to be like that. The amount of money we need to continue our projects is coming in. And if you can't afford it, pirate it. I don't care. In That's fact, awesome. In fact, if you'll read our label, if you buy the film, that FBI warning, if not you there. copy it, you'll go to jail. It's there. Is it? But Candy and I put underneath it, Barry and Candy, do not prosecute for this. <laughs> so only copy a few. There you go. <laughs> I think that's great because we've seen that with our business, Barry, where we put our product out there in the marketplace, let people have it, and then we just say, hey, you want to help us out? Send a few bucks in. And they do. They right. do because they know they know that if they don't, then you're going to stop. Yeah, and, and, and something else that's important to remember, nonprofit organizations does not mean they don't make any money. Goodwill oh, yeah. makes millions. There are nonprofit CEOs that make three hundred thousand yep. dollars a year plus. That's not right. to say they're doing bad things. No, they're uh, not no, they're not. But don't right. don't you know jump on somebody that's. It's not like there's no right. money in and that. And if either. you started this in a not profit not for profit situation, you wouldn't be making any money. So therefore, you would have to have another job, which would prevent you from doing this full time. Therefore, yep. doing it as well and um, getting as much done. And that's the same way with Free Talk Live. Right. I think you're doing something that's really valuable. We talked to the guys from Leap the other day. We had Peter Christ on from Leap and Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. I think they're doing something valuable too. And they're the nonprofit and they're reaching out to the cops and all that. But I think what you're doing, Barry, is something completely different. It's something just as if not more valuable, and I, I again thank you uh, for for being out there and taking the stand publicly that you are. I think it's awesome and very inspirational for people. Well, well thanks. It's it's gained enough popularity in the last year. I've been asked to by over a thousand people and some key people with money to run for Congress. So I'm running for U.S. Congress District 31 very in cool. Texas. So, Let's go to the phone uh, calls. People want to talk to you, Barry. Let's talk to uh, Mark in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Barry Cooper. Thank you. Is you okay? Yes, sir. Do you have a question for Barry? Uh, yeah, I just want to say, well, thank you, Barry. You're awesome for what you've done. And I passed the, uh, the word on your video on to other people that, you know, do, do drugs themselves or know people. Um, I just want to make a um, few a few comments that, um, you know, a lot of people think of this, uh, like the whole abolishing the war on drugs. They think of, uh, you know, like you were talking about, Ian, the dreadlock, hippie look. It's not about that at all. Mm. You know, if you want to make, if people want to um, be safer from these drugs and leave it up to private companies, they've got an actual yeah. incentive. You know, if you go out and buy a case of beer and pass off, you can't sue the beer company. They've got a, 
you know, it's ridiculous. Companies have a reason uh, to keep you coming back as a customer. It's incentive. It's a proper incentive. And uh, another thing is that people want to get rid of crime. Violence, war, and drugs, that will take care of a large part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it would. A lot of violent Overnight. crimes are committed. Um, yeah, pro- prohibition is causing the crimes, not the drugs. There's no scientific evidence that any drug you use automatically possesses you to do <laughs> something against your will and you walk over and assault somebody else. I have four kids, straight-A students. Two of them are out of school right now because of the incident you heard of earlier. They're popular wherever they go. And uh, it's because both parents are in the home. And yep. it's because... Absolutely. Mark, thank you for the call tonight, man. Uh, I, you're totally right about that. That's all right. Everybody, it happens to everybody. Mark? Uh, no, uh, go on. Oh, yeah, well, well, wait, wait, go, go yeah. back. I was trying to make a point, and I lost my train of thought. What kids, uh, raising kids, responsibility... That sort of thing. No, prior to that. Oh, well. I well, don't know. We should, oh, well. get, we should keep going. Uh, let's talk to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Dave, you're on with Barry Cooper. On the free talk. God bless you, Barry. Thank you very much, and I salute you, and uh, hope that you uh, succeed in all your endeavors and have all the protection that you need. And uh, compassion is uh, what could move this. There's a million people in jail because of marijuana, and that's 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 the it's big crazy. evil. And another 300,000 clogging our court systems. And the only ones that don't want it legal are the corrupt ones, the ones that scream the loudest about it because they're making the most money off of it being illegal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah. well, let me tie what you just said into what the other caller was talking about and the point I was trying to make, and it's exactly what you're saying, whatever your name is, sir. And say, Dave, Dave, thank you Dave, for the call, thank Dave. thank you for the compliments. Drugs are not what causes the crime. It's very simple for parents that didn't take care of their child until they were 15 or 16 years old, that when that 15 or 16-year-old starts doing methamphetamine, to blame everything they're doing, well, it's the drugs. No, it was the bad parenting that caused that. Prohibition is causing the harm on America, not the drug itself. Let me tell you something. When I broke into your home at 3 o'clock in the morning wearing raid gear and throwing flash grenades, I promise the terror that I caused on your family by separating you from your kids was much more harm than the drug itself ever caused. Absolutely. How can you pay the mortgage if your mom, you know, mom or dad are uh, sitting in a jail cell? We are almost completely out of time here, but uh but Barry, I want to get John in real quick from Salem. John, do you have a quick comment for Barry? Barry, when you started the interview, you said that arriving in New Hampshire, you felt like you were home. I just wanted to say the day that you moved to New Hampshire, it is home. And you'll have, if you choose, dozens of people show up to help you unload that truck. No hey, brother, we're going home, back to Texas, but we will always consider New Hampshire our home. Well, Thank Barry, you. We hope to see My you friend. back here. John, thanks for the call. We hope to see you back here at the next Liberty Forum. And, of course, we're going to have you on uh, after Never Get Rated comes back out. Thanks for coming out here tonight, and we'll see you later this evening. 800-259-9231. Hour 2. Who's coming up? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything as we launch an hour number two of the live Saturday edition of the program, live from the Liberty Forum. Normally we're in our uh, plush studios, but now we're in a uh, very, very nice room here at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire. Really enjoying the hell out of this event, Mark. I have to say that last year was great. 
This year is super. This yeah. is excellent. Uh, you know, I, I have a difficult time comparing the two. I enjoyed last year. I'm enjoying this. I can't say I, you know, to me, they're, they're, they, they were both great. They're, no, this is far and above better. Okay. The location is better. We're in Nashua this time. You get a free shuttle from Manchester Airport. You only have to rent a car to come this, to this one. Uh, the, the studio is much nicer. Last time we were out in front of the bathrooms. Uh, this time we've got our own room all to ourselves. Uh, and so people are in here hanging out, socializing, sitting down, having a few beers. I mean, it is a convention, so there's a lot of drinking going on. Uh, but so so, and the, and the hotel is nicer. Last year was uh, you know more not as much of a, a nice hotel, and it's much and it's bigger. There's uh, not as not only is the hotel bigger, but the event is bigger. There's more vendors. There's more speakers. There's more attendees. It's just better. It gets just keeps getting better and better. Well, you know, I'm such a, uh, a Bill Westmiller fan from uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus, and he's not at this one. And I guess that keeps on coming back into mind every time I think about uh, last year. So you know, that's one thing. We're gonna but talk- Jim Babcock here and amazing. We're gonna have Jim on here in a little bit, and we're going to talk about the controversy that has erupted here at the forum uh, here in moments, but we need to get through your phone calls first. So let's start with Brandon in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Hey, Brandon, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, how you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Good. I just had a couple quick questions, or actually comments. Uh, I'll just preface them by saying I'm one of the people you're saying should stand up. I uh, will be entering med school this fall. I'm actually out of state. Anyway, um, I was... been a smoker for 10 years. Marijuana uh, smoker. I, just, to, just to bring our new listeners up to speed, last hour we were talking yeah. with Barry Cooper uh, from NeverGetBusted.com, and I was talking about how it's important for the respectables to come out of the closet, the people with the, uh, the doctor positions, the upper echelon, the engineers, people like that uh, who make a good amount of money every year to come out and, and stand up and say, yes, I smoke marijuana and I can function. It doesn't make me into a retard. It doesn't dumb you down. If you're dumb, then you're going to stay dumb, but if you're smart it doesn't make you dumb go ahead sir absolutely absolutely that's a that's really my point with saying it as you know for 10 years you know most people say well your short term's gone your long term nonsense well, you know, i've gotten into you know med school so <laughs> yeah. i mean it's, it speaks for itself you right. know and i will always be a proponent for legalization for you know one reason is if it goes off the black market imagine the amount of crime based around it that will just evaporate. It's really you know? almost unfathomable. I mean, it really would just yeah. go away. I don't know. How much crime is based around marijuana? I, I would think it would be the, the other harder drugs. Not, as, not as much, but you have to understand that the people dealing marijuana at the higher levels are the same people that are dealing a lot of the other drugs, and these are the people that they aren't going to court to you know to, to air their disputes. They're going to air them out with gunfire. Sure. Uh, I, I would totally agree with you that you're putting it in the hands of, uh, of organized crime, right. essentially, when you uh, keep it in the black market, but I, I just don't I, I don't imagine people breaking into apartments or um, houses or oh. slitting people's throats for yeah. marijuana. Well, actually, I, uh, from personal experience, I just uh, I actually lived in Reno, Nevada for a while, and one of my friends there, um, we were just hanging out playing uh, Nintendo 64 at the time when two guys in black masks and guns came in and robbed him for, you know, he had about a quarter pound of marijuana yeah. and uh, about $6,000 in cash and took everything, you know, all the little... You know, fast pickup sure. electronic stuff. Anyway, just you know, if it's if it's 
you know, it's a weed. It would grow on the side of the road. Everybody would grow it. Yeah, that, that and there are countless examples of that. There are countless examples. Even if somebody doesn't get hurt, like you said, they came in with guns. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot of cases. We had a guy call in a while back, Mark, from uh, I think it was Finland, and uh, he was trying to score uh, some marijuana. He had to go out in the, 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 the back alley behind some bar, wait for some strange dude he'd never met before, and then once he actually bought the marijuana, later on he find, you know, finds out, well, it was too dark in the alley, and he didn't really know exactly what he was doing. He ended up getting sold like a bag of oregano or something like mm. that. So yeah. even if it's not violence, it's there's still fraud going on all over the place yeah. because of the drug war, because of prohibition. That, and I, uh, I was going to say, too, I despise the term gateway drug just simply yeah. based on the fact that I think there's like gateway personalities, if you want to call it that. But if somebody enjoys the feeling of being chronically, you know, drunk, cause, you know, being high, drunk, whatever, they're going to do that, whatever, you know, they're going to find what gives them that high that they like, whether it's methamphetamine, sure. whether it's marijuana, alcohol, and that's what they're going to do, you know, chronically. And of course, you're going to experiment with different highs because you enjoy it. Now you brought. I mean, you called I know them... myself. I was going to say I know myself. I enjoy mushrooms. I do them maybe once every couple years, mm -hmm. but I enjoy that that actual form of intoxication. Well, you know that's a hallmark of a responsible drug user. Somebody that you're not taking shrooms every weekend. Uh, you, yeah. you, it's something that's special. It's something that you're putting uh, some time in between your usage. And, and again, that was your original reason for calling was to point out that you're a med student, uh, very successful, and you use these products. Do you feel like that would hurt your career if, if they were able to link you, like you know, your, your teachers or your, your new boss heard you and identified you on the radio? What would that do to you? Oh, it, well, and as I said, I'm a, uh, I'll be entering med school in this fall, and it would, it, it would be out the window. There would be uh, the next seat would be, um, or they'd fill my seat with the next person in line, no doubt. Yeah, so. that's the unfortunate part, yeah. and, and that's what you were touching on earlier, Mark. Is that a lot of people aren't just and, they're just not going to feel and able the next to do person it. is less qualified. That's why they're the next person in line. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and so, and but, then, but, you know, but still, there are some people that can come out. Business owners, people that are self-employed. There are definitely people that don't have an axe hanging over their head that they, they could come out and it wouldn't really, I don't think, harm their lifestyle in, in any meaningful uh, way. Absolutely. And I, I also wanted to say I'm really looking forward to the uh, movie 50-50 because that's always my argument with everybody else is the, that how much more, I, I can't, I don't know if you could say better, but how much uh, less of a problem marijuana addicts would be than alcoholics? Because, yeah. I mean, what is the, you know, I'd like to see the statistic on, you know, how often domestic violence is like, you know, my boyfriend got too high and beat me, you know, or, you know, They've this be changes huge. personalities when yeah. he gets really loaded. Well, now, that's not to know, say that people, or, that's know. not to say that alcohol should be made illegal again. It's just to point out that marijuana is far more or far less uh, harmful than uh, than alcohol is. And, and I think there's there's pretty much no doubt about that these days. And if anybody thinks otherwise, I would love to hear from them. Brandon, thanks for your call tonight. And thanks for pointing out that uh, you don't necessarily have to be a doofus to be a marijuana smoker. Uh, you know what? Let's bring in our next guest here, Mark. His name is Menno. I don't know if we should. I don't know. Or do you have a last name, Menno? Should we bother with that? Or just Menno, the activist. Menno, activist Menno, is here with us uh, from the Keene, New Hampshire area. Good evening, sir. How are you tonight? Hi, just fine. You got to talk right into that microphone, if you would, please. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a protest going on, and you started it. What's it about? Well, it's uh, more or less an anti-government rally. Um, also. A John Sununu protest. Um, 
what I'm doing is I'm using John Sununu's record to highlight the futility of, of voting, of political action, um, and why government doesn't work. Well, now, how, how does his record um, show fu- the futility of voting and, and political action? Well, John Sununu is considered by many the lesser evil. He's considered to be the most libertarian-leaning senator in the in the United States Senate. You can put me in that category. And um, his voting record includes voting for the war in Iraq. We have mm-hmm. over one million people dead in Iraq. Mm. <clears throat> the uh, Patriot Act, the Real ID Act, and... Um, the Military Commissions Act, which is... Right, so how you could call uh, basically a police state fascist a libertarian is really kind of mind-boggling to me. Well, he is the lesser evil. Yeah, right, right. And so you're, you're here to, to point that out because the Free State Project has, I think, unfortunately chosen him as a uh, keynote speaker here tonight, which has been my only critique of this event. I think it's been 99% of the perfect pro-liberty event, and I think that without this particular politician in attendance, it'd be, it'd be just about perfect. I agree. So you're here this weekend to uh, to point that out to uh, to bring bring some attention to this issue, and I see you've got some protesters here gathered. You're going out right after this interview to uh, to hold some signs and that sort of thing. That's correct. Very yes. good. This is what I love to see. It's the uh, sort of intertwining <laughs> activism here. I like the activism too. I, I love the idea that people are involved and people are getting their opinions out there. I'm glad for one that Johnson is here. Yuck. Figures you'd say that. More on the way. This is your show. You can bring up anything. Good luck with the protest, Menno, and thanks for coming on the show tonight. You uh, can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Broadcasting live from the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us. And uh, also... Uh, some of those features, by the way, include the wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go and get interactive. It's free, of course. Wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Now, 1-800-259-9231 is the number. We go into the phone calls here, and then we'll get to our next guest uh, from the Liberty Forum. Let's talk first to Ziggy in the U.K. from across the pond. Hey, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Um, I've got a story from Switzerland. This is going to make you chuckle. Okay, Swiss story. The Swiss are now going to fine skiers who go more than 90 miles an hour. <laughs> How is that? They, they actually have little and, and, uh, and they're setting up this, they're radar? Setting up radar, some sort of radar tracking device. But here's what I don't get. How does a skier know they're going more than 90 miles an hour? They don't have a speedo on a, on a pair of skis. Uh, maybe they'll have to look at the radar device and uh, gauge themselves from that. Maybe everyone will be able to see it. I don't know. Very strange. It's, what, what's, it's ridiculous. So they're going to find people in order to get them to be, what, more responsible with their skiing? Is that the idea? We're going to yeah. threaten you with hundreds of dollars in fines uh, for taking yeah, a risk? Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Such a yeah, nanny. It's, it's just it's, nanny. The nanny state never ends. It never stops. They, they can always come up with some new way to control your life. 
<laughs> well, yeah, this is exactly. Um, also, um, I've got a, an inter another interesting little story about me. Okay. Um, I basically wrote a rant within an hour, um, and I just posted it all over the net. In fact, it's posted on your message board about right. not all disabled people offer socialistic states. Because some people think that if you're disabled, you want big government. Mm -hmm. And within two hours of it being posted on, a, on another libertarian forum, someone's offered to publish it. Wow, great. Wow, very cool. Congratulations on that, Ziggy. I read that one. I didn't know that was from you. Hey. Yeah, well, it, it said Ziggy and Kawa. It so, did you know. say that, but I, you know, I, I thought you were from the UK, and that uh, flag on there is uh, South South Africa. Yeah, I am South African. Okay. I, I'm originally from from South Africa. Very good, okay. Ziggy. Yeah. Thanks for the call tonight, my yeah. man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We are live from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, two thousand eight, second annual. Uh, we were, of course, so uh, we had the honor of being here uh, the the first time back in two thousand seven. We're here again, broadcasting live every single night. This will be our third and final night. Uh, live from the Liberty Forum, and bringing in a variety of interesting folk to talk to, uh, people that have been here speaking earlier in the day. Also, just having an open microphone for some of our listeners who are in the building to stop by, sit in, and, uh, and chat with us. Again, it is Free Talk Live, so you can bring up anything. But, uh, but we have sitting with us right now, uh, we have Deborah Stevenson. And, Deborah, you're an attorney for the National Home Education Legal Defense yes. Fund. I'm is that also, a fund or is that an organization? No, it's an organization, and, and I'm executive director also. Oh, excellent. Now, uh, so education is, is a huge issue here at the Liberty Forum. I mean, Mark, we've seen families walking around all weekend here, and, of course, you have one on the way, a bun in the oven, as they say. A future homeschooler. Exactly. Yes. And, and Mark here has uh, rejected the, uh, the government schooling entirely because we understand Understand, as we were talking off the air with Barry Cooper earlier, government schools exist to primarily create little serfs almost, to basically create these easily manipulable uh, individuals who will go and, and fill jobs and never question their situation. They'll never question the government, and they, they're sort of programmed like that. So if you want your kid to remain, uh, your child to remain independently minded and uh, and thoughtful and critically uh, critically thinking, really taking them out of the system is the the best option for you. And private school's good, but really homeschoolers are the ones that knock them dead in the uh, the spelling contests and and all kinds of different metrics of of uh, performance. It really is the best way, isn't it, Deborah? I believe so, obviously, um, and and that's for a number of reasons. One, the primarily the freedom that you have to do it, but secondarily is the importance it has to the child. You have in public schools and any private school who has the same kind of curriculum as a pub public school. You have one the the child has to meet the needs of the curriculum. One set curriculum fits all. In homeschooling, right. you have the child. And then you meet the needs of the child with the curriculum. It okay. seems like that really works a lot better, too. I was uh, at a doctor's office down in uh, Florida when I was on uh, vacation down there. And he, uh, he, he was a, it's the, the father and the son had just come into practice with him. And the son was a homeschooler, and he said he went to college at 15. And wow. like that's largely what seems to happen. What I hear going on from a lot of homeschoolers is they're, they're done with high school at, 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 at when kid, other kids are in middle school. Actually, I have two daughters that I homeschooled, and neither went to any school until they were college age. And they went to college, the first one went to college at age 11, and the second one went to college at age 10. The first one graduated, wow. the first one graduated at 15, the second one 
I'm sorry. The first one graduated at 16. The second one graduated at 15. Now, that's not unusual, is it, when it comes to uh, to homeschooled kids? It's not like your no. kids were child prodigies, necessarily. It's just that you could customize their educational uh, package. Exactly. And and today, there are a lot of colleges who are actively recruiting homeschooled mm. kids, and that's because they, they know how to teach themselves. They now, are self-motivated. Now, now, one of the common objections that I'm sure you've heard a million times, and maybe our listeners are, are new to this idea... One of the common objections is going to be, well, well, Deborah, you don't, you're not a teacher. How do you know what? How do you know what to teach your kids? You haven't gotten a, de- a degree, and I'm presuming you haven't, but most homeschoolers haven't. How do you handle that objection? Well, how do you know how to teach your child how to tie his shoes? How do you know how to teach your child to feed himself? But this, this is history we're talking about. This mm-hmm. is mathematics. How could? I mean, you don't, you don't have any expertise in these areas. I don't need the expertise because there are a number of resources out there, and the child, you you are the guide. You provide the child with the resources, and you help the child, and the child is learning on their own. You provide them with what they need. You teach them to read and write, of course, and after a certain period of time, it's self-guided learning. Right. You're allowing the uh, the young person to actually experience and and uh, and have that love for learning that is essentially washed away in the government school system. I was raised in government right. schools and, and, and I self, hated it. The I hated motivation is is so huge because a homeschooler is responsible. Uh, you know, the, the the parent and the child are responsible for the education of the kid. And um, when you're talking about government schools, the parent's not responsible. The kid's not responsible. Nobody's responsible but the school, and they don't care. Well, I have to at least tell you that homeschooling is only a term we have coined in the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. This is a natural thing that we have done for eons. Parents have always taught their child. We are just, you know, giving it this this new name. And now there's a lot more resources too, because I certainly wouldn't want to go teaching my uh, little Jackson Stewart Edge uh, how to how to do trigonometry, because I don't know how anymore. Well, and that one of those resources is the National Home Education Legal Defense. And I and give us just a real quick pitch. Uh, what is the organization? How can people get in touch with you? Because we're running short on time. Okay, our organization is is set up to help people, uh, empower people to know what their legal rights are to homeschool their child to keep their freedom. In each state, there's different laws, Mm -hmm. and so we're just trying to tell them how to do that. And we're available at nheld.com. That's nheld.com to get more information, to get interactive with your group. And the more, the merrier, as far as I'm concerned, uh, because parents that love their children really need to take a serious look at pulling them out of the government school indoctrination camps, if you will, and bringing them into a place where they can really learn something. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free. Uh, so you can go there and grab some archives. You can tune into our live streams. It's all there for you to enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. Captain Rough Seas says, sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar <laughs> offices were raided by the FBI. FBI and the Secret Service on May the 14th, 2007. All of its precious metals and computers and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org, sign up for their updates, register for the lawsuit. 
don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. You know, actually, I saw Bernard, and he told me that uh, by the end of January, he expects to be um, having uh, 2008 Liberty Dollars ready. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're going to be able to get him back on the show. I know he wanted to have him back. I don't know if he's around here tonight. Uh, but the, Jeez, I've got so many people around. Uh, right, there's so many people to talk to us tonight here from the 2008 Liberty Forum. But, yes, we did have Bernard von Nuthaus on earlier this week. And uh, we didn't really get a chance to get into because there's so, so much to talk about. I mean, he's involved in a, law, in a lawsuit. The, the Fed stole all of his, his uh, gold and silver. But he is going to come out with another uh, Liberty Dollar. And it's pretty cool because they're going to be adding some new uh, features to it that are going to help distinguish it even more. I think it was pretty dis- easily distinguishable from uh, the federal currency because it has a phone number on it and a website. I don't understand how it is someone could look at that and think, oh, this is clearly uh, trying to be counterfeit. So they're going to be adding some neat new features, and you can learn more at libertydollar.org. 800-259-9231. Let's take your phone calls, and uh, then we'll talk to another uh, distinguished guest here from the 2008 Liberty Forum. Let's talk first to John, listening on uh, WUTL in Tallahassee. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, great. Good, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I want to talk about the, uh, the Amero. You guys know anything about this? Oh, speaking of uh, of other currencies, uh, a lot of people have been uh, very concerned about this possibility. Of course, you're referring to a proposed currency for the proposed North American Union. None of this has actually come into reality yet, but we can see uh, certainly see some early indicators that this is definitely a path that uh, the uh, the big government people want to go down. They are they are interested in creating a, a North American Union, and the, with the dollar falling the way it is it would be certainly perfect timing for them to all of a sudden come up with, hey, here's a currency with colors in it. And, hey, here you go, Americans. Look, you get ten. You give us ten of your old currency, and we'll give you one of these Ameros. Because it's so much more valuable. Right, right. So they'll be able to pass it off. And uh, it's, I think it's a terrible idea. How do you feel? Well, um, I don't know. Well, um, there's been a lot of debate about whether it's real or not. Some people call it a hoax, you know. That is true. Um, me, I think. I think it's totally real. I think uh, the shadowy people at power are trying to implement it. I think uh, once it's uh, around and accepted, it'll probably combine with the uh, the euro. We'll be looking at very soon a one-world currency. There are definitely people in power that are all about consolidating it and going to a one-world government. There's no doubt about it, and there's nothing conspiratorial necessarily in, in suggesting that. I mean, even Ron Paul has pointed out that he can hear some rumors going around Washington about this, and it's not necessarily shadowy. I mean, there's the uh, the Security and Prosperity's Partnership, which is a public government website with all kinds of information on it about how uh, they're trying to link together the governments of America, of the United States, rather, and uh, Canada and Mexico, and uh, centralization is not a good thing. If you love liberty and freedom, you you have you would have to agree with that. That you know, centralizing uh, planning and uh, hiring more government bureaucrats to have more control and more power over a larger and larger land area and a larger amount of people is very anti-liberty. Right, right. And the only people who would gain for this would be uh, the, the lesser economies like Mexico and, uh, I guess, to a certain extent, Canada. No, they wouldn't gain uh, either. No, they, none, of, none of those people would gain. We'd all lose because we'd have more bureaucracy and more central uh, centralization of control. And that's that's not healthy for any economy. 
anywhere. Um, you know, it's it's the difference between the Soviet Union versus the breaking up of the Soviet Union. The Soviet, the uh, former Soviet states are far better off uh, economically today than they were as part of the Soviet Union. And similarly, I think we'd be better off if we broke up the 50 states. And maybe not into 50, but maybe into four or five or, heck, I'll take 50, whatever. Get rid of centralization. We don't need bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. deciding how we should live our lives. How do you feel about that? Right, you need to get a vote for that also. Um, but um, uh, a couple states tried to break away about 150 years ago. It didn't work out, though. Yeah, it didn't work then. They, but they shot at a, at a at a United States fort, and I think that's where they made their mistake. Yeah, that that's true. Mm-hmm. And and the fact is, it's a different world today. We've got communications like we never have in the past. And I think that they uh, the feds would be running a, a fool's errand trying to roll tanks into a, a state that wanted to secede. Anyway, we're going to watch that as it continues to develop. And John, thanks for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. All right. Let's talk quickly to Doug in Montana. Listening on KGEZ, Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, real quick, two quick points sure. about marijuana. I've been a pilot since I was 15 years old in high school in San Diego. The cops had walked down the beach. They had a scale in their little leather pouch. If you had less than an ounce, they just said, see you later, bye. And the aviation community is the biggest bunch of hypocrites because they all go to sleep every night with an 18-ounce martini. I mm. know this. And the other thing is a free state. I'll tell you what, I've been a pilot my whole life, been everywhere in the world and here in Montana, cops don't pull you over on the highway for going a few miles an hour. You can build a house without a permit. We've already got a free state going on up here in Kalispell outside oh, of Glacier Park. We're glad and to be I'll part of it. I'll tell you what, uh, Montana has definitely uh, been that way for, I'm on my fourth year out here. And you can build a house without a permit. You can drive awesome. down the highway awesome. at 70 miles an hour and pass a cop and not worry about getting pulled over. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Montana was one of the candidate states. It was one of the options for the Free State Project. Uh, The New Hampshire advocates just did such a great job of selling New Hampshire that it won overwhelmingly. Uh, But there's certainly no no prohibition against having a Free State West, you know. I mean, let's let's compete. Let's see who can get to more freedom faster. Because here in New Hampshire, we have areas where there's no zoning and there's none of the the, some of the things you mentioned as well. No income tax, no uh, sales tax. So let's compete. Let's see who can get uh, the most freedom in their state uh, the quickest. And I think that'd be a fun competition and will result in some very good things for both of us. Doug, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, 800-259-9231. His name is George Phillies. He is running for president uh, under the Libertarian Party ticket, and it's a race that hasn't gotten a lot of attention yet uh, because, well, you, you haven't actually... Uh, the presidential candidate hasn't actually been chosen. Is that right, George? That's absolutely right. We've got half dozen of us running for this. Our convention is Memorial Day, but there's me. There's Dan Imperato, there's Mike Chingosian, there's Steve Cubby, there's Christine Smith. We have a female candidate, too, after That's all. That's true. So the, this, this is going to be a knockdown dragout uh, sort of uh, Well, I don't debate. know if you've ever seen the Libertarian debate before. <laughs> no, it's I, more like, I agree with my opponent, and <laughs> I'll pass on this question. Um, so what, you guys are going to have a debate at 9 a.m. tomorrow here, here at the That's Liberty absolutely Forum. correct. So uh, what are you expecting from this debate? We're going to have two-minute statements. We're going to get to throw questions at each other. Some of the people are very new to the party and are saying, well, I've joined the Libertarian Party. I should get to run for president, shouldn't I? Ah. And some of that's going to be a little less polite than the rest of it. All right, George, so you're one of several candidates. Why you versus them? I'm the longtime activist. I ran for federal office, Congress, in 98. I'm state chair of my party. I've published a newsletter. I've been... National Volunteer Coordinator, first for um, Mike Badnerick, and then before that for Aaron Russo. 
I'm the fellow who's actually seen and run a campaign and knows what a libertarian can do. Now, um, there, there's, there's some kind of uh, falling out in the Libertarian Party mm-hmm. in uh, 2004, and then some of that was rescinded in 2006. Where, where do you, what do you think about all that? The party losing its principle? Is that what you're referring yes. to? Uh, libertarians are greatly in love with fighting over our wonderful platform. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, large parts of it were d- jumped. In 2004, most of the whole thing was rewritten without changing what any of it meant, supposedly. And the short form is, we spend a lot of energy on that, but that doesn't advance freedom a whole lot. What advances freedom is when listeners stand up for liberty and run for office. That's absolutely true. George, how can people get in touch with you? What's your website? Phillies. My name is just like the baseball team, phillies2008.org. Now, what if somebody's um, listening and they want you to be the nominee for the Libertarian Party? How can they help in any way? Contact iVolunteer at phillies2008.org. You can find it on the website. Or, send, frankly, send money, the lifeblood of politics. That's there you true go. of there every you candidate. <laughs> Phillies2008.org. George, best of luck in the debate. And the Many upcoming, thanks. Great to be here. And the upcoming Libertarian uh, National Convention coming up here uh, this year in 2008. 800-259-9231. Uh, more live from the 2008 Liberty Forum here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. This is a live edition of the show. We are always live Saturday nights, but we're super live tonight because uh, we are here at the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, and it is an, it is just a fantastic event. There's nothing out there like it in the pro-liberty movement, the libertarian movement. There's just an amazing group of hundreds of like-minded people all in the same hotel. They're hanging out. They're getting to know one another. They're brainstorming. They're having a good time. Uh, they're attending great speeches and panels during the daytime. And here at night, again, it's more of a social opportunity for people. Yeah, there's people al- some alcohol being imbibed. Oh, uh, there will be more later, I can tell you that. Uh, in fact, there was a, uh, a guest together going on with uh, full of Free Talk Live listeners last night. I don't know if it was officially a Free Talk Live listener party. It was just a lot of uh, people uh, having a good time. And Barry Cooper from Never Get Busted came by. Jason Osborne is sitting in uh, from SACL CAI. He spoke, but there was no microphone on at the time. thanks. Appreciate it. You should get closer, though, because you sound better. Fair enough. Uh, Jason Osborne, uh, again, he is the founder of SACL C- Founder? I guy? wouldn't say that since I'm only 30 years old. But, uh, uh, it's been around for longer than you. <laughs> Correct. His dad right. founded it, but, uh, you know, he's helping uh, around the His show dad now. actually founded it. Really? You know so what, Jason? We've been around forever. You can hang out there for a moment. We've got to get to these phone calls here. Fair enough. Uh, Feel free to comment. Yeah, sure. 800-259-9231. Uh, we go into the calls. Ladies first, let's talk to Nancy, listening on WFTL in Florida. Hello, Nancy. She's gone. She's gone. Let's try Larry, listening in Indianapolis on WXNT. Hello, Larry. How you doing, guys? I know you're really enjoying yourself out there, but uh, two things. I was listening to the Republicans' debate. I'm uh, sorry to hear that, Larry. (laughs) It's it's crazy. Fred Thompson looked like he's knocked some arse in the head and took the saddlebags off of him and put them under his eyes. Oh, yeah. How can anybody even entertain to vote for him? For him, he's so ugly. Giuliani's oh, come on, man. I mean, these, are you, these see, two guys are you are being serious, hell. Larry? Yeah, I mean, they are. They're ugly as hell. And plus, they don't I don't know if platform. that's the number one factor people should be looking at. Not that I support yeah, Fred then, Thompson. I don't. I just don't think that people should be voting on whether or not a candidate is attractive or not. Candidates. Second thing, uh, I was listening to Neil Bork talking about how everybody 
thinks they're entitled to so much, entitled to this, mm -hmm. and he owns so much property and stuff, and, and they're talking about how they want people to go and sacrifice their lives and want the government to spend trillions of dollars to protect their property and whatever they have, so they're no better than the people on welfare. If they Absolutely. have their property, they need to get their gun and protect it themselves. Well, Mark, you always and, say that. And that's what I thought about that, and Neil Bork's fair tax, nothing but a pipe dream. And, the uh, fair tax is uh, an awful idea because it doesn't do anything. It, it doesn't do anything to reduce the size of government. They're spending all this time, you know, spending all this money and all this effort to try to just change the you know, the deck chairs, the deck chairs. Not change it, but uh, get a, a tax as high as they can get them, and then introduce a new tax yep. to us while we're on our knees from right. the one. And then keep the tax that they got us on our knees on at the first. Right, because they're not going to get rid of the income tax. That's not going no, away. Not. Fred Thompson is busted, though. Take a good look at him. <laughs> well, he looks serious. <laughs> now, really I've got to say about looks the like fair, an old dog. I've got to say about the fair tax. I would support the fair tax if they repealed the Sixteenth Amendment. Now, repealing they an amendment is an impossible anything. thing. I disagree yeah, with that, that, my friend. That, 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 I've got the fair tax book right here. It's a, a, a book that's been written by somebody who's not that uh, smart. I'm sorry they suckered you into buying that, Larry. I hope well, you picked I it up for free. I didn't it. was gift to me. Okay, good. Even better. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call tonight, too. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Jason, you wanted to yeah, chime here's in? Here's the problem with the fair tax, dude, is uh, it removes the possibility of uh, people being able to use loopholes to get out of paying the taxes. I, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. As a small business person, I'd pay. Uh, you know, I don't pay that much because there's all kinds of things that go into operating my business. Uh, you know, I, I rent myself an office in my home. It, all kinds of ways that I'm able to get out of paying taxes. It, the, the fair tax is a boon to the government. It's going to be a huge amount of money coming in. One of the other things I don't like about it is uh, beyond the fact that, you, and you're right, Jason, it will prevent people from, from avoiding the tax because business owners will then become the government's collection agents, and uh, they'll be the ones collecting the tax. So you won't Not be able that to... we aren't already. Well, but, but it'd, be, it'd be worse. Yes. Uh, and, and then there's the welfare aspect to it, this prebate, just madness. The idea that people that call themselves small government uh, conservatives are out there promoting this concept is just so absurd because the fair tax, they're claiming that every American's going to get this prebate where the federal government will cut them a check every single month, just like a welfare check, that supposedly, well, we're going to cut the check to everybody so people that are poor, they won't have to pay taxes on things because they'll have, we'll decide what the, uh, the poor amount is and you'll get several hundred dollars a month straight from the federal government. Isn't that nice? Right. No, it's not because it'll get people hooked on getting checks every month from the federal government. Sure. They'll, uh, they'll generate the entitlement mentality and they'll expect that from then on out. It's the same concept behind the, uh, the education vouchers, right? Uh, Oh, I'll give you this much money for your child to send you to whatever school you want. You have school choice. That makes you free. Like, no, it doesn't because you're nope. still stealing money from everybody else who uh, doesn't have a child in school and then giving it to you. Yeah. What do you think about tax credits uh, for people that are um, sending their kids to private school or something like that instead? I don't see how that's different than what we're just a now voucher? one second talking about. But, but, but a voucher is um, they, they give you money. Um, here's your check. Um, no, the voucher goes oh, to school. Oh, I see what you're saying. As, okay. as opposed so to if you haven't paid in, uh, you don't get anything back. But right. 
I, I don't see it, it's still the same concept, just a little different. Well, right? uh, no, no, you wouldn't get anything. You just back. shaved off one no, no, side. I'm sorry, of it. I, I, I was uh, d- uh, confused there. You wouldn't get anything back from the government. It would just be a tax credit. You would pay less in, say, income taxes as a result of, um, you know, this is what I paid to the the school that I was, uh, you know, sent my kid to. Right. In the same way that you get uh, a tax credit for, uh, you know, hybrid cars right. and solar panels. So only the people who make more money would get money back. Everybody pays taxes, Jason. Right. Uh, they don't, not so much. Oh, and... Um, <laughs> the people who don't make as much money don't pay uh, the taxes. They don't pay nearly as much. Okay. Yeah, and they're still paying through the nose for the property taxes, which are going to fund their schools. Right? Sure. So but if you're renting your uh, place from someone who owns it, uh, you're not paying personally the property taxes, which means you wouldn't get any credits back, only your landlord would. That's a mess. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a nightmare. Why, why? why not let people be free, stop right. pointing guns at them, stop stealing their stuff? The, the guns and don't get pointed stuff, until, they, until you stop paying. But stop yeah. defending violence, Mark. It's force. It's the, thre- the threat's there in advance. It doesn't matter if the I'm guns don't to, come out. I'm just trying to figure out ways that we can transition. That's all. The transition's easy. You just tell the bureaucrats it's gonna, the, the uh, gravy train's going to end at a certain date, and then sh- cut it off. You know, who had a gra- somebody was going to come in here and talk. I, you know, I think he was a little too wasted or something like that. But someone was going to come in here, and, and uh, they had some uh, guy who's a part of Mensa that was speaking here earlier today. And uh, they said they put the Mensans on this task and said, how can we get... You know what? What could what process can we use to actually to actually reduce the size of government inside the system, not using the outside the system activity? And the suggestion was interesting, and it was sort of a variation on something we've talked about before. In that, what you would do is you would have the bureaucrats themselves. They get the, they get their budget for the year, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's a million dollars, and if they manage to only spend seven hundred thousand of the million dollars as they're instead of increasing spending all their budget so they get an increase next year they get to keep a percentage of it they get to keep all three hundred thousand dollars it's divided up amongst the bureaucrats i'm not saying i agree with it i just thought it was an interesting proposal but the bureaucrats would get the three hundred thousand dollars split amongst them but they wouldn't be able to spend any more than seven hundred thousand the next year so next year comes along their budget's seven hundred thousand they figure out a way to spend five hundred thousand that year they get to keep that two hundred thousand dollars split up all amongst them next year it's five hundred thousand that's genius well it was the mensons that figured that out <laughs> anyway i just thought it was an interesting idea and it's sort of similar to the uh, the idea that the center for small government had proposed where uh, essentially the citizen would come up with a plan and say, here, I, I figured out a way to cut 10% off of this bureaucracy's budget. They would cut that 10%, and then the citizen would get that 10%. For the first Just year. that year, next year, the budget will be lower, and the budgets can never get higher. So that way, it'd be progressively getting smaller year after year. I don't know how effective it would be. I don't know how uh, su- subject it would be to political wrangling, but it's an interesting well, it's concept. It's obviously not efficient, because the uh, creator of that idea, the entrepreneur, if you will, does not receive the full benefit of that idea. Well, they'd get cash. Right. So if you give him the full 100%, then it would be more efficient, but then you'd just be giving him the cash. Well, it'd be something. It'd be basically incentivizing the bureaucrats to spend less rather than spend their budget. Which is certainly more. not something that's happening Which, right yeah, now. Yeah, they don't have that incentive at all right now. It's an idea, and, uh, and, and that's what we need. We need more people with ideas coming up with real-world uh, possibilities as to how we can really cut this government uh, down to size. Anyway, uh, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. People should, uh, if they need collections done, people are chanting. 
They're chanting your business name out here. Uh, <laughs> scary. Well, people appreciate the fact that uh, um, that you've done so much uh, for bring, you know putting the Liberty Forum. I've on been I've been amazed. I mean, not only are you sponsoring Free Talk Live, you sponsored the Liberty Forum. You're you're behind Barry Cooper's new video and never get rated. Dude, isn't that guy awesome? Barry? Yeah, he's he's he blew he's me away. Today. Hero. And, yeah. You were there for a awesome. speech today, right? Absolutely. It was amazing. They should have made him the keynote speaker. That's tonight. right. Hey, Jason, thanks for coming on and thanks for all your support of Free Talk Live and Liberty in general. And I I know you're going to be moving here to New Hampshire one of these days. Uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully bringing a lot of jobs and a lot of uh, other opportunities for people to move here. Excellent, sir. Hour three is on the way. Opportunities are what people are certainly looking for and bringing more jobs into the state. Always a good thing. Of course, the economy here is already very healthy. Uh, more on the way. Hour three coming up. This is your show. Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org on the way. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there for free, uh, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We are broadcasting. By the way, we are always live on Saturday nights, but we're super live tonight because we're in person at the Crown Plaza Hotel here in beautiful Nashua, New Hampshire uh, for the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum put on by the good people at the Free State Project. Freestateproject.org is the place to go to learn more about them. It's a great group of activists. Uh, 20,000 liberty lovers all moving to the same state to get active for freedom. And uh, I think that's something that Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org has a little bit of appreciation for. Jim, welcome to the program. It's great to be here in person. Always great to have you. You were here last year, as a matter of fact, for the very first Liberty Forum. And doing a little compare and contrast, how do you feel this time out? There's a bigger crowd here. Um, and I think that was the thing that jumps out at me most. There's more people here, and there's more events going on. There's more things to do this time around. How great that, you know, in just a year's time, it's gotten even bigger, even better. I mean, not that it was bad last year. It was great last year. It's just they've stepped it up to the next level uh, this time out. And uh, you were speaking earlier today, talking, about, of course, about DownsizedDC.org, the Read the Bills Act, some of the great things uh, that you guys have going on. Now, when you were talking today, um, one thing that, that struck me was, you were saying that uh, Downsize DC's Read the Bills Act really unites uh, liberals, conservatives, everybody. Tell, tell us how. Well, it's, it's not a, a partisan issue. It's not a divisive issue. The, 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 the only people that really oppose this are the people that are kind of in the beltway there in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I, I had a chance. I've done over 100 radio interviews just on the Read the Bills Act. And I haven't had a single radio host yet, regardless of whether they were liberal, conservative, whatever, that has thought this is a bad idea. Everybody likes the idea and believes that government should be accountable. So the Read the Bills Act essentially is going to force the senators and Congress critters to actually read, be present for a voice reading, amongst other things, but be present for a voice reading of every single piece of legislation that they're thinking about passing. Yeah, it's a quorum, uh, which the Constitution defines as 50% plus one, and we do that so that we can slow them down a little bit. It's a brilliant idea, and you guys have been working on it for quite a while now. Have there been any uh, any advances in actually getting it sponsored and moving it forward and, and making it a reality? Well, we've continued to have meetings, but what, you know, this is something we're going to have to build up an army for. There's not going to be a Mr. Smith goes to Washington kind of character here that's mm. going to say, hey, we've been wrong all these years and we need to do the right thing. I, I, th- I think what uh, what we need to do 
is get people uh, excited, continue to get people excited, up, bring more and more people on. What has been happening over the last several months is that we've had some doors open to us to other organizations, uh, national figures, people who are uh, frequently up on Capitol Hill and have influence up there, who are beginning to take a real liking to what we're doing, and we're talking to them. And, and maybe we'll be seeing some groups here in 2008 that will be starting to align with us cool. on this issue. Well, the Downsize DC organization continues to grow. You were talking about building an army. That sounds violent. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, it's alleged that Voltaire said that God tends to be on the side of the bigger battalions. And I think we, have, <laughs> I think we have to get to the point where we have so many people that Congress cannot afford to ignore us. And we need to work together on these things. We need to pick issues and approaches that unite rather than divide, because that's really what the partisan process does. It divides us. Right. We want to unite all those people. Most people believe that the federal government is too big, regardless of where they're at in the spectrum. They believe it's too big. So we want to try to find ways to unite those people and bring them together in a way that is effective and begins to to cause real change. And you guys are doing that so effectively at DownsizeDC.org. Highly recommend that uh, any listener that's new to Downsize DC take time out, go to the website, take a look, and you'll find out that what you've created, Jim, is a brilliant system. And by the way, you are going to be launching at some point this year a brand new website, so it's it's good now and it's going to be better. Uh, But the system allows you to get in touch with your representatives, so-called to get in touch with your representatives, not by phone, but by, not even by email, but by actually filling out your information one time to the DownsizeDC.org system. It gets, it gets retained. It's password protected, so it's not like it's unsecure or anything. Right. And, uh, and then what happens is you keep sending, you send out these emails called the DownsizeDC Dispatch. Uh, so you get an email in your box, and it talks about an issue, whatever it might be. There are various different things you've taken on, uh, from farm subsidies to uh, all kinds of regulations. Healthcare, and, yeah. civil liberties. Right. So you'll uh, outline an issue, and you'll say, okay, click here to take action on this, to contact your representatives. You click. You'd already signed up for Downsize DC, so you enter your username and password. Boom! All your your information's there, your address and all that stuff. Because what the what that's necessary for is to use to fill out the forms on the representatives' websites. So it's not sending an email. Your software actually goes through and does all that work for you. You don't even see it happen. You just click go or OK or whatever, and then the Downsize DC software goes ahead and, on your behalf, contacts your representatives. And those offices then know that they are hearing from a constituent, which is very important, so those messages right. get counted and read. Right. And it's not just you, because you're sending out that dispatch to, what What did I hear last, 21,000? Yeah, we're very close to 21,000 21,000 right recipients on the Downsize DC Very dispatch. intense recipients, by the way. I mean, they, they average more than one message per subscriber per month. That's great. And so what's odds are good that you're not going to be the only one who's contacting your representative. Exactly. So you're not this you know, lone voice in the wilderness crying out for liberty. There are going to be others adding to that chorus, and uh, that would make it more likely that they'll actually take note of what it is uh, the message you're trying to And that's what we mean across. by an army. That's, right. that's an army right there. It's so the, the beginnings of one. So the more people we can get on board with Downsize DC, the large, larger that army gets, the louder that voice becomes, the more influential it becomes, and then, hey... Maybe we'll get this Read the Bills Act passed. Maybe this one uh, one bill at a time, or one subject, one at, a subject time at a time act. Uh, maybe the Write the Bills Act, which will force the uh, these uh, bureaucrats, instead of hiring or the uh, these elected officials, to actually write the bills themselves instead of hiring some bureaucrats to do mm-hmm. it, right? Exactly. And we, you know, we've, we we're going to have other things that we want to bring into that agenda as we go down the road, too. Sure. Uh, but the idea is to, to begin to put some structural things in place that change the environment. I had a chance to talk to a U.S. senator this evening, and I explained, he, he was telling me about people's desires and intents 
and the way they think. And I think there's a system in place that is just designed to make sure that the government grows every year. The way they write the budget, the way they put that process together, you can guarantee, you take it to the bank, that the government's going to be bigger next year yep. than it was this year, and, and it'll continue. So we have to find ways to change the structure there, the system, in such a way so that we can limit the damage, frankly, that they're right. able to do to us. To discourage it, uh, to discourage the, uh, the growth of government, and as you say, limit it. You were talking with that senator tonight, and we mentioned earlier that it was a bit controversial that he was even attending this uh, this conference this weekend. But you asked him a question that you had said that he had an interesting response well, to. We, we had a, a, a very involved conversation, and I, I asked for one last question. And at the end I said, can you please tell me a program that you're working right now or an agency, something that you're working to close down, something that you're doing to make the federal government smaller? And he took a long time to think about it, and initially he gave us an answer to some things that he had stopped from happening. And I said, I understand all that. I want to know what you're actually going to eliminate. And he thought for a long time and told me that no one else had ever asked him that question before. Now, you know, we have a lobbying system, and I don't know... And he didn't have an answer. No, he didn't. He even admitted to me that he said, I'm sorry, we don't have an answer. He said from 95 to 97, the Republicans eliminated 300 different departments and agencies. But they haven't done it since. And, and he said there's a number of reasons that's happened, and he said it was a good question. And I offered him. I said, you know, you're going to want to close something. You know, we, DownsizeDC.org and probably the Free State Project and other people are going to want to help you uh, achieve that objective. So, want, you, know, you know, please give us something. I, I don't know. I had to leave the table, uh, uh, so I don't know for sure if, if it was clear to him that we've got the lobbying structure that could begin to be helpful to him, that we've got the connections and the coalitions. But, you know, we did ask the question, and I think it's really interesting and fascinating that he's never been asked that question but before. At least he was honest with you with, with that response. I mean, give him credit for that. But, but I think it's exemplary of what uh, is so typical amongst politicians, even the ones that claim to be for small government. And it goes back to something that I think a friend of yours, Michael Cloud, was talking about one time, is this small government but one exception uh, thing that we see throughout this world of these so-called small government candidates, where they talk a good game about you know making government smaller, but when they get into office, all they focus on is their one exception, where they think government should be where they think we need more government. But Ian, that's that's the reason that I support him being here because he gets a chance to talk to somebody like Jim Babcock who asks who asks him an incredibly good question like, yeah. "What are you doing today to make government well, smaller?" Questions are nice, and, but and, they're well, not going to they change are, them. They are nice, but it's the first. It's it's the germination of the idea. Oh, yeah. maybe I should be doing that. It'd probably be easier to just run a real pro liberty candidate against him and. Uh, Kick him out. I, really, you think I, that's I, easier? Because how do incumbents, how do, incumbents do against uh, new people? I, I enjoyed having this opportunity, and I had a chance to participate in September with a transpartisan coalition where we had dialogue with people from all across the spectrum. I th- I'm with Mark. I think this is beneficial. Well, if we can actually create that army you're talking about, Jim, then maybe politicians like him. Well, would a lot shift more people need to be asking him this question right. than just me. Right. No if he's getting, if he's feeling demand from the political world, he'll start running out in front of that exactly. parade. Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org. Always great having you on the show. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Saturday edition of the program. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there we give away. Uh, so do enjoy those on us. Everything from archives to live streaming, the bulletin board system, all for free for you. Freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they 
they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. Uh, They collect with respect. Anyway, this is your show. You can bring up anything. We're here live, as we always are, but we are actually in person at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the second annual, the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, put on by the Free State Project. It's an amazing group of activists and liberty lovers all in the same place, the same hotel, for uh, for the same weekend, hanging out, uh, libating together, brainstorming, having a good time. Jim Babka is still with us. Actually, we right. brought him back for another segment. I went to I went I went to bad for him. I really want to talk to him about the uh, the, the, the the race that's going on Tuesday here in New Hampshire and and see what he thinks. Um, then we'll talk about something relevant like uh, government and road ownership. How about that? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> Jim, who's gonna who's gonna win the primary here in New Hampshire? How is Ron Paul going to do? What are you thinking? It, looking at what happened in Iowa. And, and well, way. I think John McCain's gonna win the primary here. I think he's probably really? a likely Republican nominee. Uh, I think he's got the momentum. He's got the media support. Uh, the media flirted with some other candidates. They, they initially he was their favorite to begin with, but they went to Giuliani for a while and they gave Thompson some air and they gave Huckabee some air, and we've seen what that did for Huckabee in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they uh, now I think they're coming back to their first love, and I think everybody's second choice in that process all along has been John McCain. I think Ron Paul's going to do better than he did in Iowa percentage wise. I think that's a safe bet. I think he's going to do at least 14 percent here, based on Rasmussen today had a poll that said 14 percent, and I think that's realistic. To expect. I'm, I'm, Is that a I was hoping for 20. I, I really I believe in 20, just because there's so many people here that um, are, are are you know in in the closet Ron Paul fans. You just don't wait know. a minute. Point of information: the 14 percent Republican voters or all voters? Rasmussen does a poll. They did a poll for the entire field, and they do a three-day rolling average approach. It's a fairly accurate approach. It's one of the, they're one of the better polling firms out there. But who are they talking to? Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the poll. This I was just told this okay. uh, by a reporter here before it's I relevant. came into the meeting. If you're but just talking, very, if you're just talking to the registered Republicans, then uh, you aren't getting the real accurate results because we're going to have a huge undeclared turnout on Tuesday here. Well, and and I expected the same thing to happen in Iowa. And this is kind of you know maybe why Mark wanted me to come back here and talk. I I, I really spent a lot of time following those polls and studying them. And I have been following and studying until I left for New Hampshire here, the polls that were in New Hampshire. Uh, I, I think that uh, uh, I was expecting that Ron wasn't going to do any worse than 13%. I thought that was the absolute floor mm-hmm. in Iowa. And, I, and that night, of course, it was 10%, which, which, which was within the margin of error for Rasmussen, Zogby, for the Des Moines Register polls. Uh, they, they, they pretty much got it right. And I was surprised. I was as surprised as anybody could be because I thought there was a lot of people that weren't showing up in these polls as well. Uh, Rasmussen is a reputable poll. I haven't seen the exact methodology they've used on this particular poll, but I'm familiar with their work from the past. And I, I 14%, if they're saying it, I'm reasonably confident they're right. Now, um, if, if Ron Paul does get 14% in um, New Hampshire, and I'm, I'm, I'm still holding out for 20 I'm still holding out for 20%. Um, is that good enough for his campaign? Is it, I realize he's trending upward, and that's a good thing, but is it enough to have him win the Republican nomination? I don't think so, because I think regardless of whatever nominee emerges, I think that all of the other Republican establishment is going to coalesce behind whoever mm-hmm. that person is. Uh, and, and the other thing is that the media, and as I discussed in my speech today, the media has a tremendous penchant for being able to ignore even the greatest of news. Now, you know, to not cover, for example, right. breaking the all-time fundraising record in a, for a single day, I mean, they managed to find a way, in large part, to ignore that that occurred, in, at least in the televised media. It seemed to get less attention than his $4 million day. Yes. 
that it was they were treating it as if it was old news, like it had been done before. You oh, put yeah, a man on the moon, before, and so now we don't have again. to cover we'll the next it. launch. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. <sighs> Only time will tell. Certainly anybody can uh, can predict uh, what's going to happen on Tuesday, but we'll know more in a matter of, what, 72 hours or something like that? We will. And this has been a significant yeah. campaign. Everybody here should be very, very pleased by what's happened because oh my gosh, there's been, been tremendous amazing. receptivity to this message. I mean, back in February a year ago, I would have told you I would have been excited if they raised $8 million. I would have thought they did their job. I mean, yeah. they, did that in more than, they did that in a month's time. No uh, libertarian campaign has, has ever had funding like this. And it's the issues. There's people talking about the issues. What's, ex- what's heartening to me is that there are people out there that were waiting for this message and responding to it. It's something that I've believed all along, that those people were out there right. and we could find them. And I don't believe, by the way, we found all of them. I no, don't think we're done. I think, I think this is a message that has a definite upside. You know, one interesting thing is that Ron Paul got... Uh, t- roughly 10 votes for every donor that he had in the, th- in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a very, very low ratio. These other campaigns are a mile wide and about an inch deep. But his campaign may be a little more narrow, but it's very, very deep. And that tells me that there's tremendous potential upside here. We've just got to continue to make the message familiar. And that brings me to the theme that we talked about today in my talk, which is we need to build that army. We need to have right. the ability to get the message out everywhere, every day, and make it familiar so that there's an environment that's hospitable to pro-liberty candidates. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's got to be the real goal. So well, Ron is, Ron's opening a door. There's, there's organization and stuff happening there. I'm very excited by some of the, There's a lot of new people that weren't around before right. that have a lot of talent. They have a lot of energy. They haven't been jaded by failure. They want to go out and make something even bigger happen. So I'm really encouraged by that. I, I agree with that. And I think that not only do we need to have a receptive environment, you mentioned for candidates, but also for the activists as well that may not, might, might not want to have anything to do with running for office, but want to do other things. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, what we're going to see if Ron Paul doesn't get the nomination, which, you know, I don't know. Hard to say what's going to happen. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't win the presidency, there are going to be those activists out there that were really excited about the Ron Paul campaign who are inevitably going to be feeling things that I'm sure you, uh, you have felt. I know I have felt it. It's political burnout. When you really throw everything behind a candidate, when you get behind something and then you just see it, it crash and burn, uh, it's such a bummer. And Ian, I'm really. Re- this is something that I have uh, been very, very focused on personally and concerned about for many months now, mm-hmm. because I have experienced exactly what you're talking about. I've watched it happen in a lot of other people. Uh, I, I don't. I want to encourage people to be. You know, the, the, if you get your expectations up too high. It's really expectations that really burn you out. It's yeah. not the level of work that you do. If you feel that you're a failure, uh, th- then you don't want to continue. And I want to encourage people, this has gone much further than anybody that was involved in it initially had any hope of believing that Absolutely. it was going to go. And so the thing to do is let's build on this. Barry Goldwater, 1964, everybody said it was a disaster, but it led to the election of a man who said government is the problem. I wish he'd have governed that way, but that was how he campaigned mm-hmm. in 1980. Uh, a movement was started, and, and we 76. can do that again. We can do this. This can happen. And there's some of the same people that were around when Goldwater was there, and they know some of the lessons that happened, and they're not going to let that happen again. Good. I think it's important for organizations like DownsizedDC.org, Free Talk Live, of course, we're going to be pointing this out over and over again. I think I think it's important to let these new activists know, these people that have never gotten involved in politics before. So many of them have said things like, you know, Ron Paul's cured my apathy. Cute phrase, but it's true. Uh, I think those people need to be reminded and warned about burnout because if they're aware of it, 
then there's a chance that they're going to be more le- or less likely to actually burn out, and they can be uh, get active in other things like DC.org exactly. or the Free State Project. And, and it's not everything that needs to be done needs to be candidate or campaign or partisan focused. Absolutely, we can do a wide variety of things. There's things that can be done every day, every week, every month, every year, and that's why today in my talk I said DC.org is standing here with wide open arms, ready to bring exactly. these people in the army, and let's begin to make that change. Right. Let's show these Ron Paul revolutionaries that there's much more to this movement than just the Ron Paul campaign and remind them to be very careful with this political burnout factor because it can happen to anybody. Jim Babka from DC.org. thank you for coming on the thank show. Thank you, guys. More on the way from the Liberty Forum. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, the live Saturday edition of the program. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. The show still operating as it normally does. We will uh, still take your calls about anything, even though we are live from the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, a fantastically successful event. More attendees than last year. Bigger hotel. uh, More speakers. More fun. I would say this is been an amazingly successful event, and I'm really, of course, looking forward to 2009. But the Free State Project festivities and uh, and activities don't end here. Uh, Porkfest 2008, of course, is inevitably going to be coming up this summer. It's a completely different event. Here this weekend, we're at a hotel, very nice, the Crown Plaza uh, Resort here in uh, Nashua, New Hampshire, uh, enjoying a, a wonderful convention and some company of some great liberty-loving activists. But in uh, in the summertime... It's completely different uh, season. It's winter now. Summertime is going to be uh, very, very plush and green here in New Hampshire. It's a very different um, season. So we go outside. So instead of being in a hotel in the summer, we go outdoors and we uh, we go to a campground. And it's, uh, it's even though there are speakers and that sort of thing going on there, it's obviously a completely different feel. Instead of people in suits like you, Mark, uh, instead of uh, people in suits, you've got people in shorts and, and t-shirts and that sort of thing. I so wear shorts at the Pork Fest. I, I wear that. a suit here. That's what I'm saying. Instead of wearing suits, which would be insane in the hot uh, New Hampshire summers. Uh, you, uh, it's a little more comfortable, a little more down to earth, and so uh, we'll of course be broadcasting live from Porkfest this year as well. And hope that uh, you can make it out either to the, either, the, either to that event or to next year's Liberty Forum. Because if you love liberty, this is the place to be. Uh, 800-259-9231 is our number. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. All right. We'll uh, take your calls if you make them. Otherwise, we talk to some of the interesting folks uh, that are milling around. Many of them were speakers earlier in the day, and Jim Lark is one of them. He is the former chairman, I believe, of the Libertarian Party. What years were you uh, the chairman? I had the honor of serving during the 2000-2002 term um, as the chairman of the Libertarian Party. As I like to say, they couldn't find anyone good, so they got stuck with me. So. <laughs> well, I do recall uh, that time, because I was... Uh, I think I joined the Libertarian Party sometime in early 2000 or thereabouts, and so I remember reading many of your columns in the uh, the Libertarian Party news and, and that sort of thing. Um, and, of course... Uh, the reason I wanted to have you on the show, Jim, beyond the fact that, well, you've done a great job for liberty. And, Thank you. And I'm Thank sure you, you very brought, much. brought a number of people into this movement. Thank you. I wanted to have you on to talk about the Libertarian Party. Sure. Because I am a, a life member uh, yes. of, the, of the party. And I, I did that back, I think, in uh, 2000 during the Harry Brown campaign. I, I loved, uh, I'm a Harry Brown libertarian all the sure. way. Uh, he brought me into this movement and, uh, of course, a great, great man. Uh, 
But I feel like the Libertarian Party has sort of been drifting away from being what it claims to be, and that is the party of principle. Mm-hmm. When I signed up for the Libertarian Party and joined as a member, uh, I had to sign an agreement. I had to sign a statement that said, I don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. And I thought that was something really special. I thought mm-hmm. that, you know, a party with this this litmus test, this, this thing you have to sign, an agreement to actually join this party, I thought, that's really original. And And, and when I signed that statement... I didn't really know. I mean, I knew what it meant. and I knew it meant that I had to reject force, even though I didn't really know how it applied every single issue every single time because I was a new libertarian at that time. I knew that was where I wanted to go. I knew that was the right thing to do, to reject initiating force on others. And uh, that was, I think, that that pledge was something that really helped propel me to learn more about how to apply that principle when it comes to the different issues and inevitably led me down this road to getting on the radio and, and helping other people understand those same things. And then when I see uh, this Libertarian Party reform group uh, come out and and actually advocate not only changing the party's stance on some issues, like uh, withdra- withdrawing, I think it was back in 2002, they, they pulled from the party platform the call for the abolition of the CIA and the FBI, and I thought, what are they doing that for? Why are they, why are they eliminating these? And, and at that time, I actually wrote an, uh, a, mail, a piece of mail to the party saying, that's it. You know, I'm a life member. That's the last uh, dollar you're going to get from me until you get back to principle. And I feel like I'm not the only one. I know that there are a number of others that joined the party because it was unique, because it wasn't watered down, because they were really about real liberty. And then they've, they've seen it just sort of wither away, get to, just further and further away from that principle in the name of being a bigger tent and bringing more people into the party and that sort of thing. And it just seems to be diluted, and I think you're losing the activists like me, the, the principled people that, that really helped make the Libertarian Party great and helped bring more people on board. And I'd just love to hear from you, as somebody who's still currently involved with the LP. Yes, I uh, have the honor of serving as a member of the Libertarian National Committee. And I still have a warm spot in my heart for the Libertarian Party, and I've, I've, I've been uh, active and I've gone and helped, even though I haven't been giving money. You know, if something's going on, I'll go and run a booth or, or outreach booth or something like that. So it's not like I've fallen completely away. But I just would love to hear your comments well, on that direction. First of all, I, I, well, thank you for the honor of appearing on your program. And also congratulations to you and Mark on the tremendous work that you've done in terms of growing your, your radio program. You, as an advocate for liberty... It's your job always to be looking for the best way to promote liberty. And the Libertarian Party, is it's a vehicle. It's there to help us promote liberty. And if at some point you find that the LP is not representing you the way that you feel it should be, you have a job to say, maybe this is not an organization that's worthy of my support. Mm-hmm. Of course, you should also realize that to the extent that you and others, if you feel that the LP is moving away from its principles, to the extent that you are no longer involved, you make it more likely that it will continue to move further that's away. That's true. And that so it's, it's very important. The, the Libertarian Party, from my perspective, we are at an awkward adolescent stage in our development because we are, we're at the point where we fa- have to face very clearly... What do we think is the best way to get to liberty? Mm-hmm. And there are more, I, from my perspective, there are basically two perspectives on this. One is that we need to be a vanguard party. In other words, that we need to be very, very, very radical, very, very, very consistent. We need to basically articulate where we want to be. We need to, we need to talk about the shining city on the hill. We emphasize, we emphasize destination. 
Mm-hmm. The other perspective is that what we need to do is we need to become a first party. In other words, right now we are a, quote, third party. That the way ultimately the Libertarian Party will be successful is to become a first party, and that is that we elect lots and lots of people, that we move in direction. And though, so you've got these two sort of visions. One is we emphasize destination. And that, in effect, we may not necessarily win lots of elections, but what we do is we push the envelope. We change the, we change the subject of the debate. And I think, to some extent, the Libertarian Party has had a lot of success with that. The it brought sec- me in. The second vision is that the way we're going to succeed is not emphasizing the destination, but to emphasize the direction. And Gene Burns, the radio host, used to talk about get on the freedom train. Some people will get off at a stop, an earlier stop, but we're all heading in the same direction. Now, my crystal ball broke a long time ago. I, d- I don't know what the right the right strategy is. Mm-hmm. If you if you put a gun to my head and say, all right, all right, guy, tell us what you think it is. My gut feeling is that the way we're the best way for us to succeed is to be a radical vanguard party. Agreed. Because and, and the reason I say that is if for no other reason, if we start finding places where the American people are starting to come forward and vote for us on our issues. The older parties are not stupid. They're politicians. They, they exactly. They're Just po- like they did with the socialists in the 1920s. That, that is exactly the argument. And I think all, you know. If you I, want watered down, go join the Republicans. That's, and a lot of people have. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, look, I'm as radical as they come. Um, I, I do not grant our government at any level any a priori validity to exist. To me, governments are instituted among people. We give government its existence. We grant it the right to exist. The consent of the government. It is the consent of the government. To me, governments are basically, they should be like great big clubs. And I don't mean like great big sticks. I mean like (laughs) associations where, in effect, if you want to be part of this this political organization, you agree to be bound by certain rules. We could call them a constitution. We can. So I come from basically, I'll be very blunt, I come from an anarchist perspective. I believe that governments don't have any a priori right to exist. I joined the Libertarian Party because I am not what, what the, the euphemism was, low-tax liberal. I'm not a low-tax liberal. Yeah. I'm a libertarian. I believe in a strong, robust notion of libertarianism. And I think that's the best way for us to go. Jim but Lark, I, uh, we're short on time. Sure. But I, of course, am completely uh, in agreement. And uh, do, do, do you have a website of your own? Uh, I, I do, but it's a university website. I okay. don't consider myself sufficiently interesting to have a website. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Keep up the good work as Thank being you. that vanguard well, and again, that important voice in the Libertarian Party Ian, because it needs it more than Ian, ever. Ian, you and Mark are doing a fine job. Please keep it up. More on the way from the Liberty Forum. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments. 1-800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Want to support the show? Help us out a little bit to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Uh, just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is a simple one, and it's that uh, since we give you all the uh, website features for free, you could just send us 3 bucks a month, and we'll take that money and turn it around and reinvest it in the program, getting on more radio stations across the, uh, the country, spreading the message of liberty as far and as wide as possible. So get on board and get some perks, too, like uh, access to the Amp-only call-in line, chat room, Room forum and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We'll be bringing on our final guest here in moments. Uh, you may recognize him from the WWE. 
wrestling entertainment. But first, we go to the phones and talk to Beth in Rhode Island. Beth, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. How are you doing Beth? tonight? Doing Good. great. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to apologize for not showing up to Liberty Forum. Um, I've been watching the Ridley Report. It's so good. I'm so thankful for Dave for posting videos and listening to you guys. I almost feel like I'm there, uh-huh. even though I'm really far away. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so uh, I actually did a Ron Paul sign wave this afternoon, and we had about six Ron Paul meetup group supporters there doing that. And uh, it's so much fun talking to these people about the Free State Project or talking to them about Liberty Forum because these people have never been around other people that think similarly to you, them. When you say these and, people, you mean the other people at the Ron Paul meetup? Yes, the okay. other people at the uh, sign weave that I put on today. And Liberty is just something that brings people together. It's amazing. You know, you talk to them, you're like, hey, wow, I feel that same way too. You know, so I'm very thankful for Ron Paul for bringing people together. And, very cool. Yeah. You know, I think it's a per- um, I think it's going to be a perfect opportunity for many of these Ron Paul supporters uh, to channel their energy to after Ron Paul. I mean, if if Ron Paul's elected, hey, great. Uh, but if Paul, Ron Paul isn't elected, either way, either way, it's going to be a great opportunity for them to channel their activism and come here and join the Free State Project, become one of these great liberty activists here in New Hampshire, and uh, and continue this process. Absolutely. Hey, I want to know if you guys could do me a favor. Maybe. Uh, Dan and I have been planning on moving to New Hampshire forever now, and I'm getting frustrated and aggravated with Dan. He's just dragging his feet. Can you ask? Because I know he's there somewhere around Liberty Forum this yeah. weekend. I'm sure he'll be bumping into him. Get him to move. Tell him, God darn it, I want to move. Well, I'm pretty sure you could be a little more persuasive than we can. Uh, but well, you know, uh, I'll mention it to him. But hey, he's getting paid now by Free Talk Live, <laughs> so he should take that money and invest it into a moving fund for you guys. Right. You know, I think he's a little nervous about getting a mortgage and going down that road. I think that's the big problem. Well, come here and rent. Rent. <laughs> rent and look around for a little while. I mean, the housing I, prices are probably going to drop. I, we can't rent. I have a dog. I have oh. turtles, too. What, what renter is going to want me with my aquariums and my loud dog? Mm, so. You could ask. Yeah, it never hurts to ask. Good luck, Beth, and thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Speaking of Free State Project members, again, uh, our final distinguished guest of the evening is sitting in with us, and uh, he's a man we've had on the show before, but by telephone. This is the first time we've actually had you here in person. Uh, his name's Glenn Jacobs, but you might have heard of him. Uh, he does do a little thing called uh, the WWE as a little wrestler. Maybe you've heard of Kane before. He's sitting here with us tonight. I hope hey. so. <laughs> Mark, you look good in a suit. Do you Thank you. Is that just for me? That's, uh, well, you know, I, I, I thought I'd bring out the double-breasted suit this evening just you for fun. phenomenal. A Thank fashion you. plate. <laughs> so, Glenn, how long have you... What's your story? How long have you been into this, into this movement, the Liberty Movement? What brought you in? What was your well, process? Probably about eight or nine years ago, I thought that I was... Uh, I thought that I was sort of a moderate Republican. I was a fiscal conservative, but I didn't want pe- care what people did in their free time. Mm-hmm. And uh, then as I was introduced to libertarianism, and uh, actually it was through the LP, a friend of mine, uh, Sean Morley, uh, introduced me to the LP and told me about it. And I just sort of branched out from there and started doing some reading and some research and became uh, very nearly obsessed with the ideas of libertarianism. And here I am today at the Liberty Forum. It's amazing. It's an, I mean, how long? What what time frame are we talking about here? Well, eight 
like I said, about eight years ago, I probably started, mm-hmm. and then within the last three or four years, I've gotten extremely serious about. It's addictive, about isn't it? It's, it's really infective. The ideas of freedom—you just want to keep learning more. You just want to keep feeding that uh, that need to to understand what this is all about and understand freedom and how it how the marketplace. And freedom works so much better than coercive force and, and government control. And you feel bad not doing something. I mean, you, you, yeah. you know the secret of right. liberty, the secret of not bringing force out against your neighbors. And you feel bad not telling people about it and, and getting the word out. And also, you see, it's just that has become such an accepted part of our society now. It's always government solutions. Mm-hmm. And Every people time. Never there think, should be a law. Right. People never think about changing things themselves and, and about how voluntary, voluntarianism, voluntarism, how that works and how the free market actually works and how the solutions that it offers are so much better than coercive force. Right. You're right. They don't think about it, uh, but hopefully they're going to be, giving more, uh, be given more and more opportunities to think about it, as we've been seeing with this, this huge outpouring of support for Ron Paul. We were just talking with Jim Lark from the Libertarian Party off the air, and, and he was saying, just like Jim Babka earlier, no one would ever have thought a year ago that the Ron Paul campaign could have done what it has done so far, that so many people could have been activated in such a short time. We've seen probably more growth in the last 12 months for this movement, the Liberty Movement, than in the last 30 years. And it's, uh, of course, it has a lot to do with the Internet uh, and, uh, and a lot to do with people like you, Glenn, coming on board, people like us, Free Talk Live, John Stossel, people with some level of visibility. I'm not saying we're uh, anywhere near as visible as you are, but uh, people with some level of visibility, uh, some level of influence coming out and saying, liberty makes sense, this government stuff is nuts, and here's why, and, and making it understandable, easy to, uh, to comprehend, and really just effectively communicating these ideas to the people. And so they hear them here, they hear them there, they hear them, you know, they're going to be hearing them more and more often. And I think that's going to be one of the critical factors to really getting wide acceptance of these ideas and wide understanding of, uh, of these concepts. Absolutely. No matter what happens with the Ron Paul campaign, and certainly like everybody else, I hope that he's successful. No matter what happens, though, an infrastructure has been built with all the meetup groups and all this buzz about Ron Paul. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and what has been built is, is just incredible. Yeah, I can't see that going away anytime soon. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still pulling for Ron Paul in this, uh, this whole thing. I, I just hate the idea that we're talking like he's going to lose. And I don't I, think anyone's talking like he's going to lose. All I said earlier was that people need to be prepared for that as a possibility. It certainly if is you're a possibility. An, if you're an activist and you're getting out there and you're waving signs and you're making phone calls... You're and still you're, making a difference no matter, you, no matter what. Right. You're making a difference, but if you're doing all that and you're putting all that effort in and then it doesn't work out for the candidate... You need to be ready for that. That's all I'm saying. You need to be prepared for that because if you just say, ah, I'm so disappointed by this, I'm so, uh, I'm so upset that I wasted my time, you didn't waste your no. time. You, you helped bring other people into the movement. It was worth your while. Just because a candidate doesn't, a, a pro liberty candidate doesn't necessarily win the election doesn't mean your time is wasted. So that's all. I want to just reiterate this message so people are ready for that if it's to happen. Of course, if he wins, then still. Don't, you know, it's not over then. If Ron Paul wins, it's not, you're not done. Liberty still needs to be worked on. We still need to be ever vigilant and move forward and continue to talk about freedom. Even if Ron Paul wins, he needs a Congress to work with. (laughs) So it's not not over no matter what. You know what what I'm really concerned, though, with uh, this idea of the the Ron Paul congressional candidates? It sounds good on its face, but I'm concerned that what you're going to have is 
politicians labeling themselves as, hey, I'm a Ron Paul. It's that parade to get Paul out in front Republican. of. Hey, look at me. I love Ron Paul. I've always been a friend of Ron Paul's. Vote for me. And then they vote him in, and they act just like any other Republican or Democrat. I think Stuffing that's where... their pockets full of money. Well, I think that's where something like maybe the small government pledge can come in, to where if you've got someone who's claiming to be a Ron Paul candidate, well, then you go to centerforsmallgovernment.com, print out the, the small government pledge, which basically says, I'll vote small government every issue, every time, no excuses. You say, oh, you're a Ron Paul candidate? Well, you'll have no problem signing this. And make them put their name on something. Get it in writing that they are serious about reducing the size of government. Otherwise, who the hell are they and why should we listen to them? Just because they say they like Ron Paul. That's all. Yep. Be, be critical of these people. Right. It is dangerous. So, Glenn Jacobs... Liberty Forum, you've never been here before. You're a Free State Project member. You've purchased a home here in the state. Uh, obviously, you travel around the world with the WWE, so you come here as often as you can. But what about these people? What about this event? How do you feel? The final comments for the, uh, the, the, the remainder of this weekend. Oh, it's awesome, and, and I'm just so excited to be here. All the great speakers, all the people that I hear calling into your show. And They're here, to put, yeah. Yeah, getting to put faces with, with names and voices. It's really awesome. And we're not just talking about the future of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. We really are. We're talking about the future of America. We're talking about the future of the world here. Absolutely. In, in it all begins here. And it's an honor to have you on the program. Glenn, enjoy the rest of your night and the rest of the Liberty Forum. And uh, thank you to everybody for coming out here this weekend to the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashville, New Hampshire, as a part of the 2008 New Hampshire Liberty Forum, brought to you by the Free State Project. We will return Monday night live from our studio. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And we'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.